to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. McCuny? So ready, uh, Mr. McCuthbert. Let's go! Happy St. Honcho Show, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program, or the showgram as we call it here. It is Wednesday Night Live, baby, March 16th. St. Patrick's Day Eve. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, holding down the Sports Honcho's board here in the great state of New York. Ladies and gentlemen, bring on your favorite honcho in line, Mr. Robert Cuny, the great state of Maryland. Wow, it hit the post there, pal. Hey, greetings and salutations, everyone. And as my people would say, happy air of St. Patrick's Day. It is the night before St. Patrick's Day. Don't forget to wear your green, everybody, to celebrate the world's greatest exterminator. And be careful when you're walking. Make sure you don't accidentally step on any leprechauns. They're out and about today. Be sure to have me All kinds of joy to the children (laughs) tomorrow. Can't wait. Big bowl, lucky charms for everybody. And yeah, nice, baby. Nice pint of green beer. Oh. And now I'm out now. I'm out of... Uh... Oh, wait, I do know one uh, one joke. One Irish joke. You ready? Wait, whoa, is... whoa, whoa. Be careful now. This is Be No, careful. it's my St. Patrick's Day joke. You're right. It's fantastic. I, we'll lose half our audience with this one. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. What's, uh, what's Irish and sits on the lawn? <laughs> I don't know. Why, it's patio furniture, of course. Oh, come on. I should have known that. Now, now it doesn't deserve any applause. Thank you. It doesn't deserve any applause whatsoever. All right? (laughs) I know one other Irish joke, but it's super inappropriate, and I I like it too much to tell it. But I'll tell you off the air. Oh, come on. Tell it. Let's go. What what the fuck? We're freaking fucking explicit fucking show. It's fucking. No can do. Come on. I, I, I like. You know, and we barely even curse on this fucking show either. Oh so. no, it's not about the cursing; it's about the content. Oh, really? So, I'll tell you what, folks. Uh, you give me a call at nine one one, and I'll give you that joke. <laughs> that line's always busy. <laughs> no, the line, it, it shouldn't be busy. We have so many operators, or as we like to call them, dispatchers, uh, standing by. So, give us a buzz. Tell, yep. tell tell whatever dispatcher you get how much you like the show, and don't forget the code. What's the code again? I don't know. Like Honcho's 2020 or 2021 or 2022 or, you know, what happened to Manscaped? Whatever the code is. I don't know. <laughs> what did happen to Manscaped? I don't know. Because uh, I, I want everyone to know. a little crazy downstairs for me, if you know what I mean there. I was just saying, ever since Manscaped threw us off the, the bridge, um, now, you know, it's just it looks like I'm smuggling Bruno Mars in my boxers, if you know what I mean. I have to correct you there, okay? They didn't throw us off the bridge. Okay. Did we jump off the bridge? No, no. Look, as many podcast shows will tell you, okay, mm-hmm. you try some things out. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. And it's not that it didn't work out with Manscaped. It's just there was a lot of breaks in our programming there for a while. You no, know? it's true. Are you saying it's our fault? No, 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 no. How dare no. you? No, it's not our fault. No, we still love the good folks at Manscaped. It's just, yeah, you're right. It didn't work out. You know, not every relationship is going to last forever. Didn't Air Supply write a song about that? 
I feel like there's a song that's pending based on what I just said. No, 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 no. We've got to keep the theme going, though. You know what I'm saying there, Pops? It's, it's going to be great. And, of course, I'm, I'm talking about um, personal grooming devices and not current wives and or girlfriends. Just so clear. Are you ready there, brother? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to play this the entire show. No, please no. Oh, yes. wait. In fact, hold on. The whole show. Here this we go, is, Rob. No, no, this is my reaction to that. I can't hear you. Now, these are the same guys who do our carnival music. <laughs> it's the urban Irish kind of stuff we do around here, you know. <laughs> Got a nice mix to it. Anyway. Um, it's terrible. It's terrible. Say terribly. You know, it's that, funny because uh, this is actually the first St. Patrick's year, minus mm. even the COVID, all right? Right. COVID, let's take the COVID years out. So I wish like, we could. Please, let's is, take yeah. those years out. So this is kind of a normal year. This is the first St. Patrick's weekend. I mean, I am performing tomorrow, but I'm performing in my U2 and my U Oasis tribute tomorrow evening. Okay? Come on, give your, give your show a real plug. Where are you going to be? What time? Tickets available. Just mention my name at the door. That's you not get, what this show is about. Twice the price. I, no, that's not what this show. <laughs> so what I want to get to, this is the first year in quite some time. Mm. I'm actually not perform, performing any... Irish shows, like any Irish music shows. I'm taking the goddamn U2 fucking tribute. weekend off there. What do you say about that there, Mr. Cooney? Except the U2 tribute is kind of playing Irish music, sort of. No, it's an Irish band playing mm. incredible, great rock music. Right. Okay. Well, I gave you a chance to plug your show. So if you're on planet Earth tomorrow and you hear Paul singing, just stop on by. I don't know where it's going to be. He won't tell us, but he'll be somewhere. Yeah. I assume in New York. You can check out my new video that I released today on CuthbertLive.com. Ooh. A song called hold Ireland, on, hold on. Ireland that I wrote last year. Dot com. Let me give you a real plug there. Just made the uh, the video today. Released it for St. Patrick's. All right. And the music is by a phenomenal uh, producer, Sacha, in Germany. And... Um, I wrote the lyrics and the vocals for it. So check that out. If you want to, there's a plug. Check out my song, Ireland, at CuthbertLive.com. Ooh, this song's called Ireland. All right, hold on. Here's another. That's for the plug, everyone. Okay. Check out Ireland, the newest hit smash from Paul Cuthbert. I'm sorry, Paul Mick You know what Cuthbert. I'm going to try out tomorrow? They just released it yesterday. Sneaky bastards that they are. I'm sorry. I'm yes. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Rob just loves pressing his buttons. I do love and pussy. my buttons. <laughs> and from what Pressing I hear, Grace's buttons. buttons. Oh, give me the drums. There right. you go. All right. Um, the uh, Guinness announced a non-alcoholic uh, pint of Guinness. Zero point zero Guinness. I get the fuck out of here. True. No. And guess guess no, who's going to no. try it out tomorrow? This uh, guy. That guy. This that guy. guy is going to try it out. I expect a full report next week. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I I, I posted, you know, because I followed Guinness on the social media, and I, I kind of shared it on, on the Facebook there. And a couple of my cousins from Ireland who live in the country, Oy vey. they actually hit me up. They said it's fantastic. The real Irish who live on the real island of Ireland, across the pond, using technology, hit me up, their cousin, and said, Paul, it's fucking great. You're going to love it. All right. All right. So this show tonight is technically not sponsored by Guinness 0.0. 0. 
Not we'll at all. But we are available if the oh, fine folks at Guinness pick up on us. Get a sponsorship from Guinness. Hey, man. Woo-hoo! Some Guinness Woo-hoo! 0.0 for you, some full-leaded Guinness for me, oh. maybe, a, maybe a book of world records or two, whatever. You know, we'll, we'll cover it all. I know it's not the same company. Actually, is it the same company? What? The Guinness Book of World Records and the Guinness Book. No, you don't. No, okay. What's the womp womp? Boy, hit the buzzer. No, see. No, Rob. Wait, hold on. That's a stupid thing. Just kidding, everyone. Uh, Is it the same company? No, Rob. Okay, it's not the same company. (laughs) Now, if it is the same company, there's an egg on your face. It's not. It's It's a totally different thing. It, it, It totally is a different thing. Okay. It'd be great if it was, though. No, why would it be so great if it would? Because I'd be right. Well, and that's all that matters in your world. Well, the theme of tonight's show, one of the many themes, is, as we'll see later on, that El Baldo was right. Okay. And he ever listens. All right. Well, look, okay. let's, it's all right. Let's, let's get this freaking... Uh, I forgive all of you. <laughs> let's get this show on the road, pal. Because it's time. Will you wear it well? Who wore it well? Who's oh, wearing it well? Wearing it well, well, right here. It's who wore it best. What's it? It's who wore it best. Who wore it best? Yes. You get what I'm getting at. Sing it, Rod. No. Go ahead, set it up while Rod's singing in the back. Go ahead. Woo-hoo! All right, so even though that song is called You Wear It Well, the name of the segment, I'm glad somebody is paying attention, is Who Wore It Best? Although you could theoretically say they're still wearing it. This is show number 54. We I better switch over to that 0.0 stuff real quick. Good thing it's non-alcoholic. Uh, we, did, we took a one show thank you one show break from football last week with uh don drysdale number 53 and now we're back back and better than ever with the football uh 54 this is the 54th show and so in honor of episode 54 in who wore it best could be our last our good friend hall of fame middle linebacker for your chicago bears brian keith erlocker the pride he's a big guy he's a big boy he is a big boy. Um, as I said, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2018, eight-time Pro Bowl, four-time All-Pro, Hall of Fame All-2000s team. He was Rookie of the Year in 2000. He was Defensive Player of the Year in 2005, one of only five players in NFL history to win the Daily Double of Rookie of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year, although not in the same year. I think that's only been done once by the great Lawrence Taylor, and that's probably how it should be. Erlacher was one of the best to ever play the middle linebacker, continuing the great tradition of Chicago linebackers with uh, Dick Butkus and Wilbur Marshall. <laughs> What'd you say? Dick Butkus. That's right. I said it. Dick Butkus. Um, he had the misfortune, though, of playing at the same, roughly in the same era as Ray Lewis, who is arguably uh, of his time period the greatest. Hey, we had him on this player, segment, too. The greatest linebacker. Uh, in the NFL during the same time that Erlacher was playing. So at worst, at you know, at, 
best, he was number two. At worst, he was number three. I don't know who the number three person would be. So we'll say he was the second best of his era. But hey, that's still pretty, pretty good. Retired in 2012, got into the Hall of Fame on is the first ballot. So no question about his greatness. And like Marshall and Richard Buttkiss before him, a killer on the field, seemingly the nicest person in the world off the field. And I see you have a question in a moment. I will get your question. I don't have any questions. I'm just twisting my hand here. Oh, okay. I thought you had a question. No, I was just going to say greatness uh, uh, as the greatness of you. Oh, well, thank you. I'll give you a soft for that one. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, again, as we always tell you on Who Wore It Best, uh, clips of highlights. You wear well. Thank you. Don't really translate on, you know, the podcast universe. So I have a clip. This is um, Erlacher on the Barstool Sports Show called The Sunday Conversation. Very spelled. popular publication. C-U-N-D-A-E conversation. They with, have uh, more followers than us. Uh, only by a couple. Uh, Caleb Presley. It's a very tongue-in-cheek, not serious sort of interview, as you'd expect from the good people at Barstool Sports. And here is Erlocker addressing one of the great controversies that has followed him around since his playing days ended. So, enjoy. So, what happened? With... What happened with your hair? So I uh, I got a procedure done, and they moved the hairs to where I had a lot of hair in the back to where I didn't have a lot of in the front. It's hair from your back. Well, they can take it from anywhere in your body. They took hair from your back? They didn't take it from my back. I don't have a lot of back hair, actually, but... Not anymore. Not anymore. There's a lot of hair back there still on my head, and then put it in the front where I didn't have hair. And you get to use body wash on that or shampoo? Yes. Yes. Shampoo. <laughs> Balls is... Uh... Balls is bald. Yeah, he looks uh, natural. You feel like you turned your back on the bald community? <laughs> I heard that a bunch when I first did it. Uh, don't care. So uh, what he's referring to is the second he stopped playing, and he was a proud bald man like yours truly for his entire playing career, which made him you know, look more like a tough guy. And as soon as his playing days were over, he shed some of the weight and he had a full head of hair. And for a while, he kind of denied it but really if you go from zero to a hundred overnight people are going to notice and so he finally came clean i'm still it. waiting for you oh this is never going to happen see <laughs> my feeling is on that is if people know me in this condition and I like to call it a condition because it is who am i fooling i can't do it subtly and i just look like a schmuck more of a schmuck than i look now and once you get the hair permanently put on I imagine like taking a tattoo off. It's probably pretty painful to permanently remove it. And there's not too much calling for people to say, I'd like to go back to so be. How do they do this ball. thing? There's kind of like that, you know, the stitching where they hook and yeah. pull. Hook I, and I pull. assume they, as Erlocker said, they took hair from the back of that because the hair on the back of the head always grows. Mm-hmm. It's there's actually a genetic reason why the hair on the back grows. Well, what is it? Well, what grow. is it? Tell us, tell us, tell us. I'm saying that there's some genetic oh. reason. It's a different set of DNA or whatever you science nerds say. Anyway, they take that hair, which always grows, and they just transplant it, you know, with, as you say, with the hooks and the pins and the pain, uh, and it just grows naturally. Sounds much too painful. Get on that. Let's go. No, it's way too painful. And I'm certainly, unless it's for some sort of Halloween thing, never going to (laughs) wear a wig. Ugh. 
They don't look good, and you can tell. I take it back. If you're Charles Nelson Riley, boy, there's a timely reference for you. Um, you look good in a wig. Otherwise, you're done. <laughs> well, hey, look, that's it. Charles yeah. Nelson Riley. That's it. That's the list. Even the great Marv Albert. I mean, everyone knew it. Howard Cosell. Everyone knew it. Yes! But they wore it in defiance of people's delicate sensibilities about hair and wigs. There you go. All right, man. Well, you're very, very handsome, man. You don't, you, don't, you don't need any of that stuff. No. Next week, the big double nickels. 55, baby. Maybe. 55th episode. Well, I shouldn't say next week. You know, hopefully, if we're still here and, you know, COVID or nuclear war doesn't get us, you know, we hope to. Be ah, safe. this talk, they're coming to the peace table. Okay, peace table now. Just came over the water. But, but we're not doing, you know, the politics show. This is not a show about it's Russia and Ukraine. All we're saying is give peace a chance. That's it. Yeah. All, like Johnny know, I mean, used to say. Those are great song lyrics. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Why hasn't someone thought of that before? Mm. We should try to market that. Oh. Make it the theme song of the honchos. Mm. Interesting. Wow. We have our own theme songs around here. I know. One of my favorites is this next one. They're all guys, so you guys ready? Okay. A one, two, a one, two, three. Woo-hoo-hoo! Ah, uh, yes. We always kick off the sports honchos here, and it is happy saying honchos. So I'm hoping Robert here has an Irish story or two. But we'll see. But it's time. The headlines that make you do line. In fact, not only do I not have something that's Irish, but I have something, a story from the other part of the land across the pond, Britain. So sorry. Not trying to reinstigate bring in Britain in on our holy Irish day sorry well, that's bringing tomorrow. the Brits in you know there's trouble no they caused Irish over there day. for us there's no holy Irish day today it's tomorrow friends I mean I know we're friends with them now and everything but the Brits man they caused, um, you know what the British you're a history teacher they caused a lot of fucking trouble in the world um allegedly I'm a history teacher and yes the British always causing problems but you know here's what they've done that's smart they've they've tried and failed several times to retake what they think is rightfully theirs and they figured hey if we can't beat them join them so whenever we need a pal a friend we go to britain but they've of course gotten their revenge in other ways you know their their currency is so much stronger than our currency so you go over there with a hundred but they're only a little country there rob they're a little tiny country we're a huge country doesn't matter their currency if we're having a swinging yeah, dick Yeah, let me see those contest. yokel yokels do what they're doing in that little tiny country. Do it here with 370 million people. Let me it's know not easy to cut that. the grass over here in the States, buddy. It's shit's expensive. I'm just going to go take a smoke. Let me know when you're done ranting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm anyway, it doesn't matter how big or how small. You no, know, I'm not sorry. Just go. I muted myself. <laughs> anyway, um, the first story, which I don't even need the paper for, I presume, maybe not, that some of you out there, include present company included, have heard the Senate has passed the Sunshine Protection Act. I have. Money, it could not come soon enough. For all the whining and complaining and bitching and moaning about daylight savings time, springing forward, falling back, and ugh, I'm so tired. I'm all, it's like permanent jet lag. Blah, I am, blah, man. Blah. It's true. Shut. <laughs> up. 
because now you don't have to worry about that anymore because the Senate, now the House can still, you know, thumbs down it, but the Senate passed unanimously. Nice to see some things can be bipartisan. Unanimously passed a bill outlawing daylight savings time immediately. So no falling back, no nothing. Now, some of the side effects, of course, are in January here on our neck of the woods. The sun will rise at 830. Oh, well. And in December, the sun will set, you know, at 430 or 530. It's going to be a little odd at first, but no more clock changing, no more arbitrarily deciding, hey, now it's an hour earlier, now it's an hour later. And most importantly, I no longer have to worry about how it affects the TV grid. I no longer have to worry. Do they cancel the 2 o'clock shows? Do they double up on the 3 o'clock shows? I don't know. And you know what? I don't have to worry about that anymore. I can sleep at night again during daylight savings time, falling backwards, springing forward. Uh, and again, once again, the loudest cars in human history reside in my neighborhood. It's not an earthquake they were having here. That's somebody's car next door. No one knows what a muffler is here where I live. I thought that was Marine Chopper 1 flying over you over there. It sounds like it, or it was me farting. But no, Joe's, it's, it's... Joe's busy, man. He's got to go places. Another car with no muffler around here. It's it's And there's not even a place to drive fast where I live, so I don't know why they have these cars with no mufflers. Anyway, daylight savings time, if the House does the right thing, and if our president does the right thing, and this is a no-brainer. This is something you hang your hat on. You know, say, look, I don't know, I can't solve every problem, but hey, no more daylight savings time. So we'll see how that works. And, and it's so bizarre that some states don't even have daylight savings time. It's bad enough we have different time zones, which we absolutely need, you know, to keep the trains running on time and such. But every state should follow at least the same time, you know, whether you're an hour ahead, hour back, whatever. So we'll see. We'll keep the, um, the sports honchos I team. We are the we'll United States of America. We are not the on-time states of America, okay? And I we am exhausted since Saturday with that clock and the whole thing. We don't have quiet. to be on time. I just like let's have one time. Let's just have one time. One flag, one time. That's the new slogan around here. One flag, one time. Although, with the lay things have been going the last couple of years, maybe we'll just have 50 different times. Hey, here in Maryland, we're an hour 45 minutes behind you all. So we're always early. Well, I, you know, I, I believe last year at this time, you, you, you did um, get upset about this. So I, I always I'm, get I'm happy that um, this is working out for you. I poo-poo it every year. Yeah, I mean, I never really much complained about it. I always I'm got excited cool. for it because I love the this time of the year. It's the change into the seasons and the, the longer days. So now we're going to have it all the time. But there's some science behind it. They say, you know, it's caused depression and car crashes and What, the, falling, the spring forward? Yeah, so um, this is good, but, so... Not to get not to get too sciency, but it, it, we can change the clocks all we want. But your internal clock, your circadian rhythm, your biological clock, it functions at the same rate all the time. And so when it's trying to do its business, and it's trying to get you moving or get you slowed down, and the time is all different, and you're used, the body says we think it's seven o'clock, but it's really eight o'clock or vice versa, depending on the time of the year, that does do things to you. It does make you either underactive, more active, more tired, less tired. You feel strangely awake at certain times of the day. It's 10 o'clock at night. You're trying to get to sleep, but your body says, oh, whoa, tiger, it's only 9 o'clock. 
even though your clock says 10 o'clock. So yes, it's not, the complaining is not without merit. It's just, sometimes it feels like people have a, there's a cottage industry of people who can't wait to come in on that Monday, even though it's been more than 24 hours since the time change and say, well, I can't be productive today because, you know, we sprang forward. It's a legit thing though, man. I, I'm going, I got, I think I got some salt. Cadianitis myself. Is there a test like the COVID test? Can I get a Sarcadia test? If listen, if you want to stick a Q-tip up your nose until it touches brain, knock yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> I think all tests from now on either a nasal swab or the dreaded anal swab, which would be a great name for a uh, underground punk band. The anal swab. I'm sure there probably is one in some, probably some British city, some town. Probably. I don't know why you're hating on the British tonight. I really yeah, don't. Because they're a little country, and you're giving them props. You know who's smaller? Ireland. I know. And you know what? They've caused more <laughs> trouble than we ever had. All we do is sing and dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anybody want any more, anybody got any more Irish stereotypes, please give us a call at 911. <laughs> All right. So, rainbows so, and leprechauns. Sorry. Let's, speaking of rainbows, here's a good segue. Here's a professional radio segue. Headline. Uh, we're back to some dumb criminals for you, which is I got one. Woohoo! Felony charge for, and this is my favorite kind of rage incident, leaf blower rage incident. It's a story about bathrobes. The worst kind. And leaf blowers. So, allow me. Uh, worrying, this is from... Um, 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 nah, somewhere. That doesn't say where. Sunnybrook. Oh, Largo. Largo. Is that Florida or Maryland? That's there Florida. is a Largo, Maryland. Anyway, uh, wearing a bathrobe and a holster on his hip, the owner of a $1.1 million Florida home, it is Florida, threatened to shoot his next-door neighbor and the man's dog in retaliation for the victim's 7.45 a.m. leaf blowing. Now, is that 7.45 a.m.? Or is it really 6.45 p.m.? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Investigator alleged that Curtis Manfred Franz, no, it, no indication of whether his partner Hans was involved, initially fired a pistol into the air seven times yesterday morning as a neighbor on Sunnybrook Lane in Largo used a blower to remove leaves from his roof. Minutes after hearing the gunfire, the neighbor told police Franz appeared in his backyard holding a firearm. Franz, the 53-year-old victim, recalled, told him to stop using the leaf blower and then pointed his pistol at the victim's dog. It's never a good thing. And said, I'm going to shoot your fucking dog, according to the arrest affidavit. Franz then told the victim, if you keep using your blower, I will shoot you too, police said. The neighbor told cops that Franz was wearing a robe and had a black holster on his right hip. It is unclear whether Franz is perturbed by the noise of the leaf blower or leaves being sent onto his property or both. When officers contacted Franz, he was in a robe and, quote, surprise, surprise, appeared to be intoxicated. Hmm. Shocking. By odor and slurred speech, investigators recovered seven shell casings from near the property line dividing Franz's 1.27-acre lot and the victim's home. Uh, Franz was arrested for aggravated assault, a felony, and discharging a firearm in public, a misdemeanor. misdemeanor. Franz was released last night from the county jail after posting $5,150 bond. Hey, $5,150. So there you go. Good album. Uh, let that image of an angry drunk man in a bathrobe with a holster <laughs> threatening you and your dog. So I got to ask you, Rob, who side you who side this. do you want here? Um, I'm never on the side of someone who threatens another man's dog. However, however, um, let's see. March 9th was a Wednesday. 
So I don't know. You think in a neighborhood in the middle of the week at 745, you're pretty safe. But if you're going to make noises, lawnmowers, lawn blowers, jackhammer, whatever it is you're doing outside that makes a lot of noise, maybe just say I'm going to start after 8 or even after 9 o'clock. Certainly on the weekends, well, after 9 o'clock. Well, certain towns, towns and villages have codes where you, you can't start. I think uh, here locally, I think it's 7 o'clock here that you know the guys can go out and start making all the kind of noise you want. But, you know, I mean, I know you like to sleep. Yeah. I like to sleep. I mean, I, I'm i kind of with the guy with the the, uh, the gun, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, okay, I'm not with the gun. First I'm of all, not... I'm shocked that there's actually leaves fell in Florida. I, I didn't think they went had the seasons there. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, exactly. Are these palm I'm leaves? Like, it's strong, I'm a strong winds, I guess. Maybe they're leaves of paper, but not actually tree leaves. Who knows? Um, again, I, I, I could understand being mad, but I, I don't condone what he did in response. Well, he was but, intoxicated, so we'll give him a pass. But, you know, 745 again on a Wednesday – He's intoxicated. See, that's the question. Is it the is it bad that the guy was blowing the leaves that early, or is it bad that the other guy was drunk that early? Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, hey man, well, you you, you got to do you if you want to you know, have a nip. Well, or we two all have our own circadian rhythm, and the Wednesday for the guy who was drinking, it might have been his Saturday night. True. What I'm saying is, if you, it's Wednesday, if it's the middle of the week, and it's seven forty-five, and most people are either up or on their way to work. Or in my case, at work, you know, you you think you'd be safe, <laughs> but as for somebody drinking at seven forty-five, maybe he was continuing from the night before. Who knows? Live and let live is what I say about when you're going to drink. Live just, and let leaf blow. <laughs> yes, just don't. And if you're going to wear a robe and a holster, I hope, I pray, I knock on wood. Hey, you know that's I how the cowboys wore them years ago. I mean, the cowboys. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I hope that wasn't all that he was wearing. It, was well, just a it is Florida, so, I mean, you know. Good one, brother. Good one. God knows what he would put in the holster if he didn't have a gun. Now, is, it, uh, is this a uh, robe, do you know, that, like, it came with the holster attached to it? Or was it a robe and then he put the holster around him? I, I'm belt? sorry to say I do not know, but that would be fabulous, wouldn't it? <laughs> could be something we could go into business. Selling you... robes with holsters on them. That way you never have to worry. Even when you get up on a Sunday well, morning. call it the robster. <laughs> Even when you get up on a Sunday morning, and it's you're, you're and kind of laying around the house, get kind the of around the house, you can still carry your gun with you, even in the sensitive moments. Have problems with your neighbor blowing leaves? Have we got something for you? It's called the Robster. Yeah, you find yourself buck naked, and someone's blowing <laughs> leaves and is pissing you off. You only have time to throw on a robe, a loose fitting one at that, silky smooth. <laughs> hey man, try the new robe and holster combo, the Robster. And then we can partner with Manscaped to make sure <laughs> yeah. that you look the best when the robe flies open. But our robes don't fly open. No, they don't. The holster keeps them uh, snug and uh, get our deluxe our deluxe Keep issue with the, with the with the ammo case on the Keep back. Keep that robe class, boys and girls. That's where the lesson here. How many colors, Four, Rob? Four. How many colors we got? When you're wearing a robe. Keep it clasped, for God's sakes. Oh, nice. All right, what's next? All right, I got one more for you. One more, speaking of dogs. Look, it's just Segway City here. Um, headline, British plant-based pet food company to pay more than $6,000 for dog owners to smell their dog's poop. $6,000. Right. The dogs or the dog owners? 
the dog owners are going to smell not each other's poop, but the poop of the dog. Allow, I will continue. I will illuminate. I've got so many questions. Okay, so a London-based, plant-based, that's a lot of use of the word based in this first sentence from the New York Daily News. Good writing. Uh, a London-based, plant-based pet food company has a job opening to pay dog owners big money to smell their furry friend's feces. Nice alliteration on the New York Daily News. Omni, founded in 2020, oh, good, nothing like, found, like a, starting a dog food company during a pandemic, has pledged to pay the equivalent of $6,685.82 for the two-month assignment. The only canine caveat, they love the alliteration at New York Daily News, is the pet parents must agree to switch their pet's diet to plant-based foods and monitor the changes in their poop. That is the entire story. So the experiment is, does a switch from animal-based dog food to plant-based dog food actually make your dog's poop smell less poopy? And they'll pay you to sniff and record your results. Uh, $6,800 in U.S. dollars, which is, I guess, 6000 or so in pounds. So, yeah. There you I'm go. I'm not doing it. I got a dog. I'm not doing it. If you're looking for a side gig. No. Now, okay. Now, I just like I don't advocate wearing a robe and holster and pointing a gun at a dog, $6,000 just to kind of bend down and take a big snootful for two months. Yeah, it's gross and horrifying, but $6,000 buys you, you know, a tank full of gas these days. So, you know, it might be worth it. I'm sure there's other... Better, gross, and disgusting things you could do than that. For 6, I mean, I'm sure there's some that would argue, Rob. Well, you got used to it after a while. But then then you're not helping out the company. They're not asking you to taste it. They're just asking you to smell it, which as a dog owner, you know when you when you clean up it's after horrible, your dog inside, you can smell it. It's horrible. So you're, already, you're already smelling it. You might as well make a few shekels off of it. You know, it's, it's actually the worst stuff in the world. I mean, they, they should be offering more money. <laughs> because if anybody knows, there's two things. If you step in dog shit, it's it's That's the probably worst. it's it's like almost worse than stepping on a tack. And then you've got to clean that, and it and gets you're going to get a whiff, this. and it's Ugh. horrible. It's horrible. it is it's the worst. You know what? I gotta go upstairs and shoot my dog. I'll be right back. <laughs> Good night, everybody. But I gotta put on my ropes to first. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's the wrong one. No, I love there. my dog. She's she's the best dog in the world. So, but I'm I'm not smelling a poop. How's the poop smell? <laughs> you know, you, you do the whole thing. I mean, I, you know, you hold the, the, the stuff away from you, and it, you get a little bit of breeze, and man, it'll knock you on your freaking ass. It's, I don't know what the I don't know what I'm feeding this bitch. <laughs> he said with a smile and a tip of his cap. I'm thinking about writing Omni and and saying, look, in exchange instead of money, just have it sponsoring the sports honchos. Sports Honcho, sponsored by our good friends at Omni Dog Food. The best in plant-based dog food anywhere. That was a free read for the good people at Omni. Hope you're I know where they probably could advertise on a certain TV network. Struggling for sponsors. You know? Uh, uh, which one would that be? You know, the, the one that's fair and balanced. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, uh... Let's try not to get too political. That's not political. That's sure. talking media. That's TV. We're a media yeah. group here. But but people think when I you... I didn't when, mention when you, anything about politics. 
when you bash our friends at Fox News, they oh, think. Oh, you're not supposed to say the name. Well, I'm sorry. I but said I that fair and balanced. You got to bring up their name. Well, then I'll be fair and balanced and bring up you know MSNBC. Oh, they're they're awful. Don't even don't say that. They used to just be networks. Now people say, well, if you like one, you must be this party. If you like the other, you must be that party. And there the twain shall meet. Well, if you if you try and get your hurricane news or your natural disaster news from either one of those, then obviously you can't be neutral. No. If you want your natural disaster or weather news, uh, may I suggest the Weather Channel? That's kind of what they do. Yeah, they're going political, In a too. nonpartisan way. They're political, too. Because the all. names they choose for these... Uh, these hurricanes and stuff. Let's know. face it, they're, they're all political. Anyway, why did you bring up the political stuff? I didn't bring it up. Are you talking about a network that needed viewers? That's fair joke. and balanced. So we I was just putting here. two and two together. We joke. That, they're loaded. They get the highest views of anybody. I'm joking. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, okay, that makes more sense. What are you, <laughs> what are you sniffing dog poo? <laughs> I am, and, and for free. I, I need to get my, uh, my back pay on that one. In fact, I'm sniffing it... Oh. Oh, right now, mm, delicious. All right, so on the showgram notes here, it seems that we have a little bit of NCA news to talk about because there's some big uh, tournament coming up here or something and some other things. So anyway, uh, a tournament that is taking place as I look at my watch right now. Well, let's get the drums going for some NCAA news here on the Sports Honchos. Woo! Hey, bud, I don't know if you noticed, you know, my accent here. I'm trying to get real New Yorkish on you because the Yankees are making some big moves. We're winning, winning the whole damn thing next year, buddy. Yeah, well, let's just hope that, you know, your best player can play games at home and in Canada. Uh, it's all going to work out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, of course it will. There'll be amendments. There'll be rules. There'll be changes. It's all going to work out. Oh, sorry. I'm supposed to start now. Excuse me. <laughs> so, um... What am I listening to there? It's the drums. It's the, it's the college kids they're, out on the field playing the drums. Do you want to turn this up for you? No, they were going in and out. Oh, this I'm is sorry. your first so, show? This is episode 54, I think. I don't think I've ever listened this long into the uh, the intro, just for the drums at the end. So, if, in case you've been, you know, under a rock, um, the NCAA tournament starts tomorrow. Today and yesterday is the dreaded first four since they had to bloat the tournament from 64 to 68 teams. And, and nobody wants that. But it is what it is, as they say. So right now, there's uh, Notre Dame is playing Rutgers, and later on tonight, uh, Wright State will play Bryant, two Very basketball tight. powerhouses for the right to face um, Arizona if in the winner of the Wright State-Bryant game. And the winner of the Notre Dame-Rutgers contest will face uh, Alabama, 68 Alabama. So every sports show that you listen to, watch whatever is going to do the same thing. they're going to go tediously through all the brackets and talk about who's going to win any upsets in the first round and give you a lot of stats and figures and most of them are going to say Arizona's going to win or this is Gonzaga's year or maybe a, a number two like Kentucky or Auburn maybe this is Tennessee's year maybe Iowa fifth seed you know you can get that anywhere and quite frankly it would be dishonest and disingenuous, not that that's ever stopped us before, from making picks like, you know, we knew what we were doing. So instead, I thought this would be much better. Uh, if you really want picks, uh, you know, you, you could blindfold yourself and just point at teams and probably do just as well as the so-called experts because we know the people that win these brackets every year, 
just do it for yucks. So what I have, I have the bracket in front of me. That's the sound of brackets. I have the most famous alumni, at least in my opinion, from each school in the field of art, entertainment, um, or politics, not sports. That would be too easy to do a famous athlete from each one. And so I went through and I did all the teams and I picked winners in every game all the way to the championship. Wow. So I thought a lot we would of time just go on your hands, Mr. We would, And I didn't tell Paul about this because I want to see his reaction. Maybe we, you know, we yak back and forth about it, but I'm just going to, you know, read off who's going to win each game and get you all the way from the field of 64 to uh, the champion. I'm excited. So, so get I'm ready, Mr. Mrs. America. So we're going to start um, in the Gonzaga region, which is... Is it, is it Gonzaga or Gonzaga? Gonzaga, Gonzaga. You say tomato, I say Gonzaga. Um, all right, so it's Gonzaga versus Georgia State. That is Bing Crosby for Gonzaga nice. versus Leah Roberts. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm going to go through the each bracket, and then we'll do... Uh, the winners through, and then we'll get to the final four. Then you have Boise State versus Memphis, which is Butch Otter. Now, who's Butch Otter, you may ask? Some of these schools, it was Slim Pickens, not the former actor, but Slim Pickens on Famous Alumni. Butch Otter is the former governor of Idaho, and I only chose him because the name Butch Otter is fantastic. So it's Butch Otter versus Fred Dalton Thompson, the senator and actor, the late, great Fred Dalton Thompson. He's been in a lot of movies you've seen, always playing a politician or somebody in charge. So if you saw The Hunt for Red October, he was the one that said, the Ruskies don't take a dump without a plan, son. That's Fred Dalton Thompson. Then we have... Um, They're currently constipated. Good. Yes, number five, UConn. And Ron Palillo, better known as Horshack from Welcome oh. Back, Cotter, went to UConn versus Alan Hale. Not Alan Hale Jr., the skipper from Gilligan's Island, but Alan Hale, the person who discovered the Hale-Bopp comet. So, again, as I said, the pickings slim. Um, and then we have Arkansas. That's Nick Pizzolatto, the creator of True Detective, uh, against Vermont, which is Ben Affleck. So you probably can see who's going to win that battle. Alabama's Jim Neighbors. And then... Rutgers and Notre Dame still going on. So you've got either Chris Christie from Rutgers, Regis Philbin from Notre Dame. Since we don't have a winner yet, Regis. we don't know who's going to be. But the, Regis. spoiler alert, they're both going to lose to Jim Neighbors because it's just easier that way. Uh, Texas Tech, believe it or not, John Denver. And from Montana State, we have Craig Kilborn. Uh, Michigan State is Robert Urich, you know, Vegas, of Vegas fame. Mm -hmm. And uh, Davidson, former President Woodrow Wilson, the most famous alumni. And then finishing out the bracket, Duke, Ken Jong, Gotta love Ken Jong, You know, uh, Leslie Chow from The Hangover. Uh, against, from Cal State Fullerton, this is a heavyweight match, Kevin Costner. So you got Ken Jong versus Ooh. Kevin Costner. So we'll do this bracket. Uh, obviously, Roberts over Bing Crosby. Fred Dalton Thompson over Butch Otter. Horshack over the Comet guy. Ben Affleck over Nick Pizzolatto. Sorry, True Detective fans. Jim Neighbors over either... Chris Christie or Regis Philbin. Craig Kilborn over John Denver. That was a tough one. I got to say, that was a hard uh, seven or a three fourteen matchup. Got to go with Woodrow Wilson over Robert Urich in another upset and Kevin Costner over Ken Jong in that one. Then going into the second round, you got Roberts over Thompson. That's a no-brainer. Affleck over Horshack in the Battle of the X. Kilborn over Jim Neighbors and Costner takes down the mighty Woodrow Wilson. 
Uh, and then the lead eight, the finals of that bracket, you have Affleck over Julia Roberts, Kevin Costner over Craig Kilborn. And then in the final four from that region, you've got Ben Affleck. So our first entrant, our first part of the final four is Ben Affleck from the University of Vermont. Shall I continue or do you have a comment or two? I can well, keep I going. Didn't, I, didn't know know to, I didn't know if I'm allowed to I didn't know if I'm allowed to yell and scream at, at no, ones you I disagree. If, if, I, if you disagree with the pick, please, by all means. You anyone's I, 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 I would have liked I would have liked Costin to come out of that group. I'll leave it at that it so you the, can move on to the next. It was a hard fought battle between him and Ben Affleck. You know? You don't that, have any end game uh, reporting, right? How it went, why no. A flat I, do, one. I, I would need another week for that sort of prep. <laughs> this <laughs> kind of so came I to see, me. Uh, folks, you can't see this, but I see this big poster board here. You got to take a picture of this and tweet this out, buddy. I, perhaps I will. It's a good idea. All right, now we go on to the Baylor bracket. From Baylor, you have, uh, here's a good one, Willie Nelson from Baylor and uh, from Norfolk State, J- State, Norfolk State, J.B. Smoove, you know, Caesar. and. Yes. Leon from Curb Your Enthusiasm. From North Carolina, you got James Polk. And from Marquette, Chris Farley. Thank you very much. Then uh, St. Mary's, Mahershala Ali, two-time Academy Award winner, True Detective, Moonlight, The Green Book. Um, a guy who's, you probably don't recognize the name, but you'd recognize the face. Uh, and from Indiana, Kevin Klein. So you got Academy Award winning supporting actors on both sides. Uh, UCLA is Ben Stiller. Versus Akron, Dan Auerbach, one of the founding members of the Black Keys. Uh, Texas and Virginia Tech, you've got Matthew McConaughey versus Jerry Beckley. And again, I'm reaching into the old Wayback Machine. Jerry Beckley, one of the founding members of the group America. Purdue and Yale. This one I like. This is probably one of my favorite matchups of the day. Orville Redenbacher from Purdue and our good friend Bill Clinton from Yale. By the way, the amount of people I could have picked from Yale... I could have had a, a bracket just of people from Yale alone, mm-hmm. the number of alumni. But I went with the president. Got to go with one of my favorite people. Uh, then you got Murray State and San Francisco. That's Jim Varney from the Ernest Goes to Camp fame versus the lovely and talented Suzanne Summers from San Francisco. And then finishing out this side from Kentucky, Ashley Judd and St. Peter's, Frank D'Amelio, who, you may ask, he is the chief financial officer of Pfizer, <laughs> so who's, by the way, having a pretty, pretty good year. But as I said, uh, this, the pickings for some of these schools mighty slim. So he passes his famous alumni. All right, so I had Smooth, J.B. Smooth over Willie Nelson. Sorry, country fans. I had Chris Farley over James Polk. In a, in a, in a just a, a last-minute buzzer beater. I had Kevin Klein over Mahershal Ali. I don't know how any of the living guys lose to the dead guys. Sorry. We have to pretend they're all alive. Oh. Then are you sticky? Uh, ben Stiller over Dan Auerbach. McConaughey over Jerry Beckley. Uh, Clinton over the popcorn guy. Come Sorry. On. Sorry, Orville Redenbach. You're not, you're not beating Bill Clinton. Uh, Suzanne Summers over Ernest Goes to Camp. And the lovely Ashley Judd in a walkover, in a rout over the CFO of Pfizer. And then uh, Farley over Smoove, Ben Stiller over Kevin Klein, McConaughey over Clinton. That was a tough one. And Ashley Judd, making her way, beats Suzanne Summers. And then going into the final in that region, I had Chris Farley over Ben Stiller and McConaughey over Ashley Judd. And the second entrant into the final four is the lovely and talented Chris Farley. 
So two of your final four, you've got Ben Affleck and you've got Chris Farley. I would have thought McConaughey would have came out of that thing. Facing off. Well, it was an upset. If you took McConaughey in the points, you're a big loser. Okay, now we move over. I don't agree. We move over to the Arizona side of the bracket. Arizona, Jim, uh, Jim, John Hughes. The great John Hughes. The John Hughes. Now, Wright State and Bryant go off later this evening. Uh, Wright State has Nicole Scherzinger from Faster Pussycat and Nicholas Colasanto went to Bryant, you know, coach from Cheers. Neither one of them is going to beat John Hughes. So uh, Seton Hall, Max Weinberg, Bruce Springsteen's drummer. And from TCU, Rod Roddy, the Price is Right announcer. Mm. Good old Rod Roddy. Hasn't got a chance. No. And then let's see, Houston UAB. From Houston, we have Jim Parsons, you know. Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory versus uh, Deirdre Downs, the 2005 Miss America. Again, slim pickings. Illinois, we've got Hef, Hugh Hefner versus Chattanooga. That's Dennis Haskins, Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell, everybody. Mm-hmm. Colorado State is Leslie Jones. It's Jones versus Jones here, folks. Colorado State, Michigan, it's Leslie Jones of Saturday Night Live versus James Earl Jones <laughs> of, you know, Darth Vader fan. Tennessee, you've got Dolly Parton. And from Longwood, which is in Virginia, Pat McGee of, you know, Pat McGee fame, the singer-songwriter. Ohio State, Loyola of Chicago, you got Patricia Heaton, Debbie, or Debbie, Deborah from Everybody Loves Raymond, against Bob Newhart. So, again, I smell a route. Villanova, you got Bradley Cooper. From Delaware, you have Jeff Perlman, who is an author. Um, he wrote the book that the HBO show Winning Time is based on. I had um, another famous alumni from... Delaware is our current president that I decided to leave. Sleepy Joe! Yeah, no no Joe Biden here. All right, so uh, John Hughes in a walk over either Scherzinger or Colasanto. Weinberg over Roddy. Parsons over Downs. Hefner beating out Mr. Belding. This is kind of an easy bracket to pick. I had uh, James Earl Jones over Leslie Jones because Darth Vader always wins. Dolly Parton over Pat McGee. Newhart over Heaton. And the dreamy Bradley Cooper over Jeff Perlman. Then moving on, Hughes beats out Weinberg, Parsons over Hef, Dolly Parton, even Darth Vader succumbs to Dolly Parton, and Bradley Cooper over Newhart. In the regional final, you've got Jim Parsons and Bradley Cooper, and your winner, the third member of the final four, is Mr. Cooper himself. Good old Bradley Cooper. And now we move down to the Kansas region. I, I would have had Dolly, Dolly in there. No, a lot of people had Dolly. But, you know, she just She's couldn't make trooper. it. You see what she did for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No. What did she do? So she was on the ballot, and she denied. She she said, look, uh, don't put me on there. I really shouldn't be in there. So I respectfully declined my um, wow. um, offer to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that bumps her out, and it moves Judas Priest into the five spot, baby. Well, nice job. Way to go, Judas. All right, so Kansas, Texas Southern, you've got Paul Rudd from Kansas and Megan the Stallion from Texas Southern. San Diego State going old school, Raquel Welch versus Creighton. Kathy Hughes, the head of Radio One and the first black woman to be the head of a publicly traded corporation. So she's historical and she's in radio and, spoiler alert, not going to beat Raquel Welch. Iowa and Richmond, you've got Ashton Kutcher versus Bruce Hornsby. Uh, Providence versus South Dakota State. You got John O'Hurley, you know, Peterman from Seinfeld and Christy Noemi 
who is the current governor of South Dakota. Again, it's Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. Friends. LSU, you got Bill Conti, you know, the Rocky theme guy. And uh, Iowa State, George Washington Carver. That's right. The peanut guy. Uh, Wisconsin and Colgate. Now, here's an interesting matchup. Wisconsin has Frank Lloyd Wright, the famous architect, versus Colgate's own Johnny Marks, the guy that wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, hero. And then here's probably the biggest, toughest, hardest matchup and the most exciting game of the whole tournament. Number seven, USC, Will Ferrell, versus number 10, Miami, The Rock. That's the most famous alumni. And then Auburn and Jacksonville State. Here's one that you're going to be particularly interested in. Interested in Auburn's own Jimmy Buffett versus Jacksonville State's Randy West, the lead singer of the group Alabama. So uh, Rudd over Stallion, Welch over Hughes, the Kutcher over the Hornsby, O'Hurley over the, the Gov, Bill Conti over George Washington Carver, Frank Lloyd Wright beats out Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Come on. The Rock over Will Ferrell in a really tight back-and-forth contest. Does that guy ever and lose Jimmy anything? Buff- Parrots over country music, and that was kind of a tip of the cap for you. Thank you. All right, uh, Rudd over Welch, Kutcher over Hurley, Conti over Wright, and The Rock over Jimmy Buffett. Come on. And then we go into the regional finals. Uh, Rudd over Kutcher, Rock over Bill Conti, and our fourth entry in the final four, The Rock. Coming out of that region. And in the no championship surprise, game, I guess. in the final four, I have Farley over Affleck. I have Rock over Cooper. And in the championship game of Chris Farley versus The Rock, of course, The Rock is your big fat winner. Come on. So if you're, if you're going by this bracket, pick the University of Miami as your big fat winner in the NCAA tournament and win yourself lots and lots of money. I will now await all the hate mail on Twitter and all the angry phone calls at 911. Ask for us by name. Well, first of all, I don't think you should get any hate mail. I, I that's pretty impressive what you uh, put your time into there. I mean, that uh, I'd say that's unique. I would probably document that, put it on Wikipedia. I would take a photograph of it, post it. Uh, people need to know about this because I would, I'd be um, pretty confident in saying nobody's ever done something like this before. Well, so and if they have, that's okay, because I don't I didn't know about it. But I'm happy to take a picture of it and put it on the old Twitters. Yeah, you're going to have some disagreements, you know? And good. I want some hangover people. fans are going to be really disappointed. Well, hey, their boy made it to the Final Four. And I know Ken Jong didn't make it, you know, past the second round, but hey. I mean, we'll we, all, we all understand Willie was probably stoned. That's why he lost. You know? yeah, he, just, he didn't even know he was in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. So, as I said, you can get real winners and losers anywhere, but you're not going to get, you know, the bracket of famous alumni anywhere, but right here on the Sports Haunt Shows, everybody. All right, so with all that said and all the things kicking off tonight and tomorrow, everything, do you, are you ex- expecting any big surprises here with this tournament? Any any. Or any no, is, are no, you looking really. at one it's, team? It's a wide-open tournament this year. I mean, there's no super team. Um I always root for Gonzaga because it seems like they get there every year and then they get in the tournament, make a big run, and then fall apart right at the end. So it would be nice to see them finally win it. But What is this love of Gonzaga? What is it? It's not a – I mean, my love of – I don't have a love for Gonzaga. I think it's, it's not I, just you. There's, there's a lot of people. Who, I think because is that is it because it's a weird name that's all anybody remembers. and Oh, I'm going with Gonzaga. Oh, because it's a small school. In a, in a small, thousands of small schools in this tournament. No, if I may finish, 
Actually, one sentence. That would be great. I just, I just let you spill a nonsense bracket for twenty minutes. You, you're telling me you, to shut up. You, you asked me a question, and then before I could answer, you already were cutting me off. Sometimes when I'm asking a question, there's a follow up to my question. Now go ahead. I'm sorry. All right, I, I got nothing. I'm just kidding. I think it's just the romantic notion of a school that you know is a tryhard school that's known for nothing but basketball. Their only alumni are John Stockton and Bing Crosby. And they compete every year with the big boys. Now, I will say they're not as romantic because they've started to get better and better recruits. They used to come to, to battle with people that no one had really heard of and, you know, players that weren't good enough for the bigger basketball factories. But now they're getting some prized recruits both internationally and here at home. They, have, they got the best player in the nation, this kid Chet Holmgren, which looks like looks like a scarecrow out there. Um. And they're the you know they're the top seed in the tournament, so they're not being disrespected, nor have they ever claimed they are. So we'll see, but but they just for some reason they always come up short. Do you Whether have any Gonzaga paraphernalia at your house, like a banner I, or a shirt I, or a pair I, of I'm socks or basketball? I, no, I don't have a, a, a signed picture of John Stockton hanging over my bed in my bedroom. <laughs> I just you know I I'm not a fan. I'm not those people that jumps on the bandwagon. I just would like to see them win. If they don't, my life will continue on exactly the same. All right. I'm curious to see, as everyone is, you know. Actually, I shouldn't say I'm curious to see. I'm kind of hoping that Duke goes out early so we don't have to hear this is Duke's final first-round game or Mike Krzyzewski's final first-round game. This is his final second-round game. Hey, it's his final Sweet 16 game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the love fest, if God help us all, Duke were to win and let Coach K go out as a national champion. I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, but the faster he goes out, the better, so that we don't have to spend – any more oxygen on this is Coach K's last fill-in-the-blank. Well, for your relief and what sounds like the relief of many others, I hope that's what happens. I hope Duke gets knocked out. I, I didn't know this was weighing on you, so. It's not weighing on me either. It's good material for the show, though. <laughs> I'm going to watch... Since none of my teams, there's not a single team in in, our, in the D.C. area that made the tournament this year. I mean, Virginia Tech is like five hours away. It's not really a local team, although some some people on the radio here locally are considering it a local team. But since I really have no rooting interest, it's going to be nice to watch and not care who wins, just get some good basketball in. I'm kind of like that every year. What's the... Um, in your neck of the woods, what's the Seton big... Seton Hall, baby. Seton Hall. Or St. John's. Yeah. I mean, obviously St. John's in New York. Right. Um, Connecticut's big out here. You know? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, those are your tri-state teams right there. The Huskies. Um, the Red Storm. Is that what they call these days? But um, St. John's, the Red Storm, and then, yeah, the Seton Hall Pirates. So you not it's not Rutgers country? Syracuse, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Also not in this year. Yeah, I know. So I don't know, um I don't know what everybody's rooting for around here, you know. But it kinda snuck up on me. I still can't believe, you know, it's March sixteenth already. I, mean, I can't I, I really you. just threw out my Christmas wrapping paper. You just took the lights down off the house, did you? <laughs> no, that always comes down. Ain't no rednecks on this house here, I'll tell you that much. 
But uh, to each their own, and there are quite a few people still in local towns around here who still have their decorations up. I won't mention any names, but hey. What are we going to do? Yay, Christmas lights. Hey, look, good luck to everybody with their brackets. Um, Congratulations in advance if you win. And if you're really into it, we don't disrespect people really into it. I mean, it's it's a great thing for work, you know? Yeah. Um, By the way, I got to just say this. uh, It's great to see everybody getting back on the trains again and going back into the city and working. It's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's we were just talking about this at school that, you know, in addition to being in school and being in person, we don't realize until we see it how important it is for people to be in the same room with each other. I mean, we were talking about this because there, there are two kids in my fourth period class. I have these two kids that are incredibly socially awkward and they're wonderful kids. They just, mm-hmm. they're awkward. You know, they're awkward teenagers. Um, they're finding themselves trying to find their identities and they hadn't talked to each other. They sit like across the room from each other. They don't talk to each other. And then all of a sudden, you know, because it's right before lunch, so people kind of, they mean, they, there's no real hurry to get to their next class. So all of a sudden, you know, they, the boy in the class started to had a hang around, didn't wait, really, wasn't hanging around to ask me any questions, he was just kind of taking his time, and then he slowly worked up the nerve to walk over to the girl who sits on the other side of the room and talk to her, and then he ran out, and it's progressed to the point now where... He waits for her to finish up what she's doing. They walk out together. They hang out. They walk back to the building. And there's kind of a, a blossoming, I'll just say, a friendship. Yeah, cool. And, and I bring that up. Maybe a movie I, here, Rob. I said to the person who across the boardwalk from me out in the portables, I said, you know, it's great. You know, it, it's nice that you know, the two most awkward people kind of found each other. And we were discussing that that's what you miss by not being in school is you miss, forget the education that you can get on Google, but you miss working on your interpersonal skills, Mm -hmm. relationship skills, and so on. And I'm just like that. I'm sure at every office around the world. So it's, I mean, we need to get back out there and be with each other again. It's great. And I realize how great it is to be at home and wake up late and, you know, not have to worry about, makeup and what you're wearing and so on, but it's time to emerge from our cocoons and at least for part of the week, get back into the office. Right until the next pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. Oh God, God help us. <laughs> As by the way, we are now two years. I think what Sunday was the two year anniversary of when Rudy exactly. Gobert touched all the microphones and shut the world down for what was supposed to be two weeks to flatten the curve. So please know it's time. Go back to work, everybody. People want to see you put them. Yes, baby. They sure do. They want to see us marching in the parades tomorrow and getting drunk and throwing up all over each other as well. Of course. Do it Can't do that. Not it's hard to do that when you're... But in person. Yeah, it's it hard to do that when It smells great, too. It's a lovely smell. A lovely Can smell. you have a virtual St. Patrick's Day parade and vomit fest? No, you well, can't. The you professionals, for, for the professionals, it's St. Patrick's every day. Of course. Of course. Speaking of professionals, we got a little NFL news to talk about. So let's bring on our professionals right now on the Sports Honchos. Al, you old son of a bitch. How you doing? How do you feel about that call today? I mean, the Dolphins, fourth and three play on their 30-yard line with only 34 seconds to go. 
How do you think I feel? Betrayed? Bewildered? This is very exciting. Yeah, it is, fella. Oh, right on, amigo. Damn straight. Damn straight. Fucking oh. A. Fucking A, right. Ah! Ah! Woo-hoo-hoo! I tell you, man. Trades. Unretirements. New names. National Mediocrity League is getting ready for its new season, even though it's only what, um, April, May, June, July, well, five months out. <laughs> the NFL never, never sleeps. Today is actually the first day of the official, quote unquote, free agency period. Um, Monday was the beginning of the legal tampering period. This whole legal tampering. Ooh, that sounds dirty. Yeah. This, that whole <laughs> legal tampering, Michigan, the NBA does, the NFL does it, where you can talk and sign players, but it's not official till Wednesday. And normally, you know, they announce the signings and the trades, and then they just, as a pro forma exercise on, on the, the day free agency officially begins, sign their contracts. We've already seen a couple players, uh, J.D. McKissick here in my hometown for the Commander Skins. And Randy Gregory, formerly of the Cowboys, now of the Broncos, agree on one day during the legal tampering period to go to one team, and then when free agency begins, they sign with another team. Now, personally, full disclosure, couldn't be happier that we're keeping our running back, J.D. McKissick, vital part of the Commander Skins offense. But from a global standpoint, as a neutral, objective person, it seems, and I need to talk to someone who knows contract law better than I do, which is pretty That's much not me. Um, if you make an agreement in principle, and I don't know if it's in writing, if it's just an oral contract, whatever it is, um, you should there should be some recourse for the team that gets left at the altar. So the Cowboys got stiffed. The Buffalo Bills got stiffed. Gregory stiffed the Cowboys. McKissick stiffed the Bills. Um, I don't know what the ramifications are, but it seems to me if you agree during this legal tampering period, you better have a good reason why you're not then officially signing on the dotted line with the team, but we can discuss that another time. The big news, of course, is all about the quarterbacks because the NFL, all about the quarterbacks. And I'm going to, you know, toot my own horn. You can still say that, you know, on RTO and polite company that I was right about Tom Brady. Now, I didn't think he'd come back this quickly, but Tom Brady is back after what, a month? And I retire. This is Super Bowl. It was February 13th. I think he took a week or so off, and then he said he was retiring. It's now March 16th, so like a month that he's been retired. And I told you how ridiculous it was when he says, I'm doing it for my family. All we've been hearing for the last decade plus is I'm going to play till I'm 50. I'm going to play until I suck. Uh, I'm going to play until I'm 45. All kinds of re- uh, requirements and prerequisites and metrics for when he's going to play. He led last year. He had an okay year. He led the NFL in yards in completions, in attempts, and in touchdown pass, or completion percentage. And a bunch, he was second in, in the MVP voting to Aaron Rodgers. He had a pretty, pretty good year, and, you know, his defense let him down in the game against the Rams. Otherwise, he might be holding up Lombardi number two in a row with Tampa. So there was no reason from a playing standpoint for him to retire. So this Bubba Mainza, as my people would say, about – I'm retiring to spend more time with my family. You live in Tampa. Your family lives in Tampa. You know, you go to work every day just like the rest of us, and you come home at night to Tampa. You see your family. Your family's in school. I mean, your kids anyway. 
and they travel with you to work and you play on Sunday, probably go to, I'm sure they go to all the home games and probably a few road games. So what are you missing? The carpool, running errands, lounging around your bathrobe. Your roadster? A holster, a holster apparently. I mean, what are you doing? Uh, Giselle must have been driving him crazy. Uh, I'm sure he woke up. And one of them woke up one day, either Giselle or Brady, and looked at the other and said, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? We need another boat. You're driving me crazy. I'm sure Giselle said to Tom, get out of here. Do something with your life. And Tom's like, hey, it's the first time in 22 years. I have nothing to do. And he's looking at Tampa Bay. I'm sure at first he thought, look, the team was falling apart. You know, I, I'm, I'm losing my tight end probably. Uh, I'm losing a couple players off the offensive line. I, I don't really like my coach. So see you later. And I thought he'd come back and play for a different team. But he's back with Tampa. And whatever, I'm, whatever happened behind the scenes, maybe it's patched up, or maybe he's like, "No, I'm done. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a family man. I'm not a house husband. I don't run the errands and pick up the kids from carpool and blow leaves off my roof at, you know, seven forty-five. I'm not that guy. I'm not Ward Beaumont or Ward Cleaver. I'm Tom fucking Brady. I should right. be out there playing because That's I right. can still play. They're not dragging him off the field." With uh, he's not Ben Roethlisberger, who with no arm left and just kind of ceremoniously going out there, or like you know Peyton Manning in his last year with the Broncos, just doing enough not to lose games. He's the reason why Tampa Bay is so successful. So why not come back? It didn't make any sense that he wasn't that he retired, and now he's back. Well, it makes oh, sense because of how what? old he is. Well, but but yes, he's old, but only in, from. From an age standpoint, not from a performance standpoint. You have nine rings or ten? It's ten Super Bowls, seven rings. He's, so he's been to the Super got, Bowl ten times. He's got but, seven rings. So he needs three more. Okay. So yeah, we're, we're probably yeah. I mean, look, why not get one for both? A ring for each finger on both hands, including the thumbs. Why go. not? Um, it's got to be the reason. I, look, it's great that he's back. Either you love him or you hate him. Either way, you're watching to see either him lose or him win. So it's, you know, it's a win-win for everyone. And, you know, he probably looked around and said, all right, uh, Russell Wilson is no longer in the NFC. And, uh, you know, um, there's no real other, you know, my, Matthew Stafford. Come on. He's yeah, Super Bowl champion, Matthew Stafford. Not really that much of a threat to Brady. His biggest threat is still in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. So he said, okay, why well, we can go back to the playoffs again now. The, the other teams in his division, Atlanta, Carolina, and New Orleans, are all chasing Deshaun Watson, who it was announced is not going to face any criminal charges. Yes, man, you spent a lot of time on that guy, but yeah. nothing. Still hanging around. He's still got the 22 <laughs> civil cases against him, but now every team, not every team, now those three teams, all you know, including the Falcons, who have Matt Ryan, they're pretty invested in Matt Ryan, and they don't seem to be in a rebuild mode. Um, they're all angling, and, and Cleveland, although I think he's probably going to stay in the NFC. I don't. I mean, if he's going to go to the NFC, I don't think Houston's going to trade him to an AFC team. All three of those teams are now duking it out for the services of Watson now that he's clear. And at some point, the NFL is going to have to say, look, the criminal thing is done. We got to do something. We can't just keep waiting around and, and not take any sort of action. I mean... You know, we suspended a guy for a whole season for gambling when we're in bed with every gambling house from here to, you know, Timbuktu. 
and we've punished people for far less, like Ben Roethlisberger, like um, Ezekiel Elliott. His name escaped me for a moment there. So we can't just say nothing's going to happen to this guy. So some, he's going to miss some games, but it's okay because he's not going to jail. So it's open season now on Deshaun Watson, and I'm sure the price tags are pretty, pretty high for his services. But he's the only other real threat to Brady if he gets traded in the NFC. So why not? Why not come back and, you know, another farewell tour? Maybe. We'll see how he plays this year. But judging from his last couple of years, he's not slowing down any. Um, and speaking of Rodgers, it was just such a preening gas bag, that guy. I just <laughs> such a bag of shine. He's staying in Green Bay for $50 million a year. And I don't, the contract doesn't bother me. The, the fact that he, he did all this just for a payday doesn't bother me either. That's what you do. But the fact that he, after it was announced that he was signing an extension for $50 million a year, he comes out and says, no, no, everybody. I didn't agree to anything. Haven't signed anything. Everything you're reading is false. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, the news comes out that he has indeed signed a contract extension to pay him $50 million a year to stay in Green Bay. And there's a lot of cap machinations to make sure that if he doesn't play after the next two years, the cap hit is spread out over the next thousand years. Either way, if you're wondering how can Green Bay afford $50 million a year, they pay people a lot of money for these football teams to fit their players into the cap structure. But whatever it is, they're going to pay him $50 million a year, and they're getting ready to pay his best friend, wide receiver Devontae Adams, a whole lot of money also. Because it is tis the season. And if a guy like Christian Kirk, the number three wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, is getting $18 million a year, you can imagine how much the best receiver in football is going to get. And let's hear it. For our good friends, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have given everyone but you and I a contract as they attempt to build up a team around Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they're just throwing money out. They're just driving down the road saying, who wants to play for Jacksonville? Here, I'll give you a million bucks. Well, can just you to, blame to, them? I say yes. Let's talk no. about these Jacksonville Jaguars. No, Why not? They haven't won a damn thing in, ever. No, I can't blame them at all. They're, they're, they're saying, look, we, we're going to draft a team. We're going to buy a team. We're going to try to do something. They got a new coach. They got a new general manager. They're building up the offensive line, giving Lawrence some more weapons to work with, putting some more pieces on in defense. You know, Doug Peterson's a pretty good coach when he's not, you know, tanking games at the end of the season. And they got the guy, Balky, from San Francisco, who was kind of a prickly fellow. But, hey, it's got to be better than what they had before with uh, Urban Meyer running things. Well, I mean, unfortunately, the Jacksonville Jaguars are one of quite a lot of laughingstock franchises in the NFL. Yes, but they are the... Uh, the Jets are, yeah. I would say the uh, no, no, and the Lions. No, I mean, uh, it's Commander skins first, right. and then you dig, 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 dig way down to the Earth's core, and then you get to the other teams: the Jets, Jaguars, the Texans. I mean, so we're the worst way up here. I don't we can't see you guys see, being the worst. We can't even see two and th- look. You're not necessarily. Well, I tell you what. Excuse me, Rob. You're not necessarily the worst as far as wins and losses. You might no. be a shitstorm of an organization as far as no, how it's, it's run. It's all, it's all tied together. You're right. In terms of winnings and wins, yes, we've won more than Jacksonville and New York and 
Houston. But in terms of the total package, I mean, there's a reason why we traded for Carson Wentz when the Colts were going to just put him on the side of the road with a sign that said free to a good home because (laughs) free agents don't want to come to Washington. So Washington had to trade. They had to pay for someone else's trash just to make sure that he became our trash. Unbelievable. Mitch Trubisky, who signed with Pittsburgh, and I'm curious to see how he does with a real coach. How how Mike Tomlin – what. What Mike Tomlin does with Mitch Trubisky, I'm sure, will be much better than what Matt Nagy did with him in Chicago. We don't know about it in Buffalo because he sat behind Josh Allen. So we weren't going to get Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Russell Wilson wanted to pick Denver over Washington. And I know By the Seattle way, had- uh, Mr. Wilson put a lovely photo out of his, him and his family in orange and navy blue. It's uh, fantastic. And I know You have to look I it up. That- it's a beautiful presentation. I know Seattle didn't want to trade him to an NFC team, but Russell Wilson has a no-trade clause, so he could have said, screw you, I'm going wherever I want, and he chose Denver or Washington, even though he's from, well, he's from Richmond. He's not really from the D.C. area, but okay. He's, he grew up a, a Redskins fan because there were no commanders when he was in high school. So Rodgers didn't want to come to D.C., not that the Packers were ever going to trade him. So you figure in any sort of free agency sweepstakes – the commander skins are going to lose because who wants to come here? An agent will say to their players, you don't want to go within a thousand miles of that organization. There's a, a columnist here who writes for the Washington times. His name is Tom Lavero. I think I've told you this before. He has described the Washington commander skins as a reverse car wash, the entire organization <laughs> that you go in clean and you come out dirty, no matter who you are. And when I say dirty, I mean, your reputation has been tainted or something bad, you know, is going to happen to you when you come out the other side. Um, so that's just the nature of things. We are at the point that we have to pay good money for something that we could have gotten. I'll put this in quotes for free because obviously you got to pay Carson Wentz. But we gave up a couple draft picks for a guy that was going to be on the street, you know, an hour and a half later. He just might surprise you. He might surprise you this season. Might surprise you. Well, look, uh, he found a home. He is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Love Taylor Heineke. Great kid. Great leader. Team loves him. He can make plays out of nothing. He's great off schedule. Good scrambler. His arm is a meh plus, though. So Wentz is an upgrade. He's bigger. He's got a better arm. He's If he can get anything like he was in 2017 and 2016, he has a lot of escapability. Kind of reminds you of a little more nimble Ben Roethlisberger, only in the way he moves, not comparing the two careers oh, yeah, by any stretch. He moves. Yeah. So if he, can, if he has a decent season, okay, maybe we sign him to a longer extension. But if he stinks, he can cut him, and there's a zero cap hit next year. But also, if he stinks and the commander skins are now jettisoning a lot of free agents because they they used up a lot of their cap on the 28 million bucks they got to pay Carson Wentz, if it's a disaster, then everything must go. Coach, general manager, front office, the whole mishpucha. They all got to go. It's going to be – we're going to start all over again. The expansion, you know, Northern Virginia commander skins, <laughs> the dump freeze commanders – We'll start all over again if this doesn't work. They have pushed all their chips into the middle of the table. Now, if they draft somebody with the number 11 pick in the first round, then it turns out that this person is the future. Yeah, maybe they stick around a while, but 
They're living on the edge out there in uh, great Aerosmith song. Virginia. Another, yeah, it's all musical references. So I didn't mean to go off on a Commander Skins tangent. It's just it's kind of all connected when we talk about quarterbacks. It's all good, brother. I mean, this is what it's all about. I mean, they're close to your heart. I mean, they're your favorite expansion team right now. They are my favorite expansion team. You know, I used there was this team in town called the Redskins that I loved since I was a kid, and they moved. No longer there. No. No longer there. But the NFL was nice enough to grant us an expansion team called the Commanders. Kind of a dopey name, but hey, they kept the colors of the old team, sort of. What is the uh, vibe on the stadium thing? I I saw a couple articles there that 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 whole Virginia thing might happen, huh? Uh, Well, the most realistic option right now, well, there's two realistic options. One, uh, build next to FedEx Field because Snyder owns all the land that surrounds it. There's enough land to knock the old stadium down and build a new one next to it. Or go to Virginia because no one else in Maryland, there's no other place in Maryland. D.C. is out of the question um, unless yeah, unless he's going to pay for it. And this, the, the RFK land where the old stadium was is owned by the federal government, leased to the District of Columbia. So the federal government has to agree to sell the land to Snyder or at least lease it to him. And the stadium's and it's got to be, be insurrection-proofed. It's Snyder. Nobody wants to deal with him. I mean, he's kind of, you know, paying himself into a corner. So Virginia, which for years, for years, going back as far as I can remember, has always put their hat into the ring when it comes to a stadium. And they've proposed three sites. One that's in Loudoun County, which is the closest to the D.C. area. And then you get further out, Woodbridge and Dumfries. If they put the stadium in Dumfries, they will never get another Maryland or D.C. person to go to that stadium. Because on a good day with no traffic, it's from like where I live, which is not far from D.C. It's a good hour drive with no traffic. No, you don't, you don't want to talk to Jets and Giant fans about your one-hour drive, okay? No, no. I'm saying without traffic. That You know what? how often that's going to happen? If the games were at 2 in the morning, maybe they'd have no traffic. <laughs> okay? So nobody's going to go out there unless they – and nobody – I mean, no offense to the good people of Dumfries, but not a lot of people are moving out there. It's a place you go – if you want to get away from things, not if you want to get closer to nightlife and the city and so on. So if they build it in Sterling, which is Loudoun County, which is like 18 miles from DC. Okay. Maybe, but they need public transportation and they need infrastructure. So wherever they build it in Virginia, it's going to be a problem for anyone who doesn't live in Virginia, but certainly the further out they go, the more people are going to be like, well, the Ravens are closer. So we'll just be Ravens fans. Good for the Ravens. Good for yep. the Ravens. Good stuff. They can join my son and root for an organization that from top to bottom is first class. So I just and saw this tweet. won Super Bowls in the what? last, you know, 20 years. Happy days, man. Which would be, uh, let me see. One, two, carry the four. Uh, two more than the Commander Skins have won in the same time period. I think we have as many playoff wins in 20 years as they have Super Bowls. Sad state of affairs. Well, it that's, is. You know, well, what it's a very sad state of affairs. Hey, this came in from a pro football talk about 34 minutes ago. Per source, Deshaun Watson is incredibly torn. He was <laughs> impressed by the presentations from all four teams. They have made it very difficult for him to make a choice. There's no specific timetable for a decision. Why, and why, as what do you mean? We all wait with bated breath. Yes. Uh, the Deshaun Watson watch is on. What is it if it's. White smoke, 
there's a new pope, or is it if it's black smoke from the Vatican, there's a new pope? No, they're just the cardinals are just getting high. That's all that is. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll wait. That's and a watch show. Them. Those guys are in that bunker and they're laughing their asses off. So we, so we start to smoke up now. <laughs> I don't know what the new stadium, what the stadium in Houston is called. It used to be NRG. It was one time Alliance Stadium. So we'll just we'll just keep a, a vigil outside Houston's stadium to see if the smoke is white or black, and for Watson to make a decision. Good thing we have five months to talk about this. Yeah, I counted that very slowly before, so everybody would be on the same page with us and realize uh, what's going on. So, uh, any other NFL news you want to talk about no, here? That's pretty much it. I mean, since I'm we not have five months. I'm not going to go through every week with, you know, the free agent moves. It's just if stories are interesting, like what we had here, um, there, there actually may be a week or two. Don't get excited. We don't have any NFL news. But it's always right around we the corner. So don't, don't we can only hope. Don't fret. can only hope. Don't fret. Even if we miss a week, we'll make it up to you. All we- right. Well, Monday is the NHL trade deadline. So let's talk a little puck. The MLB is back since we've been back on the air. Well, everybody's happy in Moneyland. Not Major League Baseball. Baseball, it's Money League Baseball. Oh, we got a little NBA talk here as well, too, right here on the Sports Ladies and gentlemen, if you're feeling it like I am, put your hands together. All kinds of things we can run around here on the ice, on the diamonds, and on the hardwood here. On oh, honchos. Happy St. Honcho show to everybody. So what do you got here, Rob? I mean, you know, we're on air here live tonight in front of millions. And there's some NHL trades going on. There's NHL trade talk going on. Getting a little hot and heavy here over the next couple of days in hockey land. They had the uh, Heritage game there up in uh, Ontario where the uh, Leafs wore their T for Tools jerseys. Sweaters, as they actually call them. And lost to the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, your boy Ovi is, is chasing history. And there's a rumor going around. Yaga might come back. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going in the NHL. Uh, the Lakers are uh, having all kinds of trouble. Uh, even LeBron's getting a little... Uh, he's losing his temper a little bit. And, 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 uh, and I tell you sure. what. And the last thing I want to say here to introduce this section. Ladies and gentlemen. Forget all the sports. Get your kids a ball. And a glove and a bat. Get them out in the backyard. Because Please that's God. where the yes. goddamn money is. <laughs> Baseball, baby. Woo-hoo. Teach your kids how to throw the ball with, with their left hand. And don't ever worry about paying for college. Exactly. And and you, like, I'm my, my little guy's going to play his first year of Little League. And I'm excited. And I'm hoping one day he becomes a middle reliever. Pitches maybe one or two innings. And I get to travel around the country in the summertime. And watch him play in these beautiful baseball stadiums. And you get that's, to say that's, that's my, my dream. That's, that's my, my boy dream. out there. That's my dream. So. Yeah, from the press box. I'm no, no. I'm sorry. What am I saying? The press box. Press box. From from the VIP box I was for the family. Say from the owner's yeah. box. From some. Yeah, box, the owner's box. You exactly. Cheer and scream and drink soda because we know you know you won't be drinking any beer. But you drink soda, stuff your face full of food, and say that's my kid out there, and not worry about being objective because you're not. A part of the media. And there's I mean, no pressure. Middle reliever comes in, throw a pitch or two, he's out. Not gonna he doesn't have to end the game. He doesn't have to save the game. He's just probably gotta get a, a guy out. And that's it. No mm-hmm. pressure. 
Well, as I like to do, I like to open up with the open skate to get your thoughts on the National Hockey League. What's going on with our friend Austin Matthews? Well, he he did something on the ice on Sunday in the Heritage game that if, if I did to you in the street, mm-hmm. I would probably be arrested. But and this, this is a guy who never gets penalty minutes. I mean, never, right? I mean, he's like the nicest on the, on the ice. I you mean, know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a bunch of pretty boys. Right. You know, they don't, Marner, does, Tavares, Matthews, you know, look, gifted, talented guys. But you know what? Look, there's two ways you can look at this. These guys are laughing all the way to the bank. How how important is it for them to win a championship? I don't know. But the Leafs franchise hasn't won ding-dong, dippity-doo since the 60s. They're one of the, the four worst teams uh, in sports, like whatever that is, to right. have not have a championship. You know what I'm saying? By the way, that, that's the new name of the Stanley Cup, the ding-dong, dippity-doo. <laughs> I like that much better. Hold on. There you go. That's the Stanley Cup. It doesn't have this, yeah. quite the same... You know, a royal ring to it as the Stanley Cup. Yeah, Chris but. Crider, come get your ding dong dippity doo cup. Yeah, I I really I have no sympathy for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I used to love them in the Dougie Gilmore days in the early '90s, right before the Rangers won the cup, and Wendell Clark and uh, Felix, pa- all those guys, and they had that run, and then the loss of the Kings in the conference championship. Those are just some fantastic playoff series. Uh, amazing back then, you know, right around, you know, you, you had the Avalanche coming around, you had the Rangers coming around, you had the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, it was so many great players back then playing and all, all that other stuff. But since then, Toronto Maple Leafs, Buckus. Sundin had a little bit, but, I mean, they, they don't win. They call, so, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Toronto and the Rangers, I mean, you can look, uh, look it up on Forbes, but I think the Rangers are the most valued hockey team, and they're all in the b- b- billions of dollars and Toronto's one of them, and they're owned by uh, Sportsnet, I believe, which is the biggest media company in, in in Canada. But they can't figure out. You know, we talk about this on a hockey show sometimes. Like I said, no matter what they do, like last year they brought in Thornton and um, Felino from Columbus, and they have Wade Simmons, and um, they thought maybe that's what they needed—a little toughness to mix in with the pretty boys. And then they lose again in the playoffs. They haven't won a, they haven't they haven't gotten out of the first round in years. So it's like anything else, Rob. Until they win, they're just gonna be one of these also ran franchises with a lot of talent on the team who did nothing. So, I mean the big boys are playing most of the teams now this I mean, the Eastern Conference is set. Whoever's in a playoff spot right now, and I think Boston and uh, I guess I could bring it up. I'm trying to do this off off the cuff here, ladies and gentlemen. Try not to be a an app nerd here. But if you look at the standings as far as the wild card and where it's at right now, Boston and your Capitals are the last two teams in the wild card spots. So Pittsburgh, the Rangers, Carolina, the Leafs, Tampa Bay, and Florida, they're all getting into playoffs because Columbus at 63, your caps of 78. I mean, they're not getting in. There's not enough games left for any of those uh, teams past those guys. So the East is done. Toronto's going to get in the playoffs. But I'm telling you, they're not going to want to match up with Carolina, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, or Florida, or Pittsburgh, or Boston, or Washington. Toronto's going out again. They're not beating any of those teams because they have great coaches, great players, great speed, great balance. And the Leafs just don't have the balance. And when you lose to the Sabres, I mean, 
But they've lost, you know, they're, they're win-losing. I'm just Look, rambling on here. Too much I about would, the Leafs. Wasting too much time on the Maple Leafs until they get to the, even if they get to the finals. But they got to win, man. It's like anything I else, feel, man. Uh, I would feel much better about the Caps if, and I don't know, now now the chatter is they're not going to do this, but I'd feel much better if they would trade for a veteran goaltender. Like if they put, you know, Fleury, Marc-Andre Fleury back there behind Vitek Vanacek as opposed to going to war with Vitek Vanacek and Samsonov, I'd feel much better about the Caps' chances in the playoffs. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about the Capitals defensively as far as who, no matter who's in the net right now, as far as who's protecting um, the protector of the pipes and the nets, how do you feel about them defensively? I mean, look, uh, I think they're pretty solid from stem to stern. Uh, their, their defense is not bad, but when the playoffs come, the hot goalie or the experienced goalie is going to rule the day. And although Vanacek's had a pretty good season, he's really the to go back to to go back to the holster and gun analogy again. <laughs> um, we got one. We got one bullet in that in that gun in that holster, and that's Vanacek. I mean, Simsano has been too inconsistent this year, so it would be nice. Maybe not to start, but to know that if you know Vanacek, you know shits the bed, um, you got a guy coming off the bench who's not only has the experience and the age and the wins, but has won a cup or two. And even if it's not Mark Andre Fleury, anyone's. Not, I know Vancouver said they're not trading Braden Holtby. I didn't think he was coming back to Washington anyway. But when the trade deadline comes, there's going to be some good goalies that are going to be available, and. You know, I hope they haven't decided. Hope you know, uh, uh, McClellan hasn't decided. Hey, we're not going to trade for a goaltender. We're going to ride or die with our two young guys. You know, I'm certainly not worried about the offense, but and it's I would, a, look, it's I'm not really worried about the goaltending. I just, I'm saying, when we go into the playoffs, I would feel better about their chances if. There was a little more experience back there. Look, you can feel good about the Caps' chances, and all the the eight teams there in the in the Eastern Conference, all, except the Leafs, they can all feel good about themselves. You know, uh, Florida just um, got Sherratt from the pan, uh, from the Canadians, so they've just strengthened themselves out a little bit. Um, this is great now that the trades are starting to happen. I mean, um, you know, the Western Conference is just a lot of fun. I mean, that's where the the playoff kind of push is going to be there at the end, as far as. Um, the wild card because you have um, you have aren't the abs going on a spending spree this trade deadline they don't really need to I mean they're the abs just have to win in the playoffs they're crushing you know the top team in the league here right they're uh, yeah number one 91 points but at the bottom of the western conference that's where the fun is because you have uh, Minnesota Vegas Dallas Vancouver and even Winnipeg a little bit Anaheim's tailing off a little bit those teams are all going to have a chance to get the, the last two wild card spots, and they're putting a little pressure on on Edmonton. Uh, Calgary's just looking good. St. Louis is experienced. They're going to be all right. Nashville's playing a little different. But Colorado and Calgary are your two main teams, and that's the Western Conference final that you want, you know, because I don't know if you saw the game last week. They played each other, and it was and they played each other twice here in the last week and a half. Both games were great. Uh, I think both teams won. Uh, well, the Flames might have won. No, I think the Owls won one and the, and, the, and the Flames won the other one, both in each other's buildings. So, I mean, they're just uh, two great super teams. But I, I just think, swinging back to easier, I think the Caps, the Pens, have, you have so much experience in a seven-game series. You got Alex Ovechkin in there and Backstrom. 
and even Tom Wilson. Yeah, I mean, these guys are playing good. So oh, to me, guess who's back? Anthony Mantha's back, and he's key for us. And you got Pete Laviolette behind the bench, where I think yeah. a lot of people forget about. I mean, Sullivan and his Penguins—they're going to be there if if, if um. Crosby and Malcolm are, uh, are healthy. I mean, yeah, I mean, the difference now between those two teams, yeah, the goaltending is a little suspect, um, and that's basically what happened. And you know goaltending is going to steal, ultimately steal the series for any of these teams who are top-heavy. So you would look and say, hey, maybe Tampa Bay's got Vasilevsky and they've got all that offense. They still, to me, are the best balanced team uh, in, the, in the conference right now as far as the East. Florida's looking good. They've got Bobrovsky in there, but... You know, Bob hasn't gone all the way because he's never had that experience because he's been in Columbus. So we'll see what happens. He's a little older here, too. I think, um, you know, Carolina's got a great team as well. For me, you know, if it's the New York Rangers and, you know, time is of everything when it comes to sports and how close you might be to a championship and everything else. If they could make it happen, if they could get Kane and Flurry. From the Hawks, because the Rangers need one more scorer up front. And if Shesterkin goes down, they need somebody to step in there. And I don't see why it wouldn't be a bad idea for Marc-Andre Fleury to be on a team that has a great chance to win the Stanley Cup if you get a guy like Kane on there. That's probably an absolutely nutso kind of deal because I just don't see it happen. But the Rangers, I think, should try and whatever it takes, give up Kako, uh, they've got a deep uh, prospect group in terms of defense. Um, I assume that's a one that's a one season, well, half season rental that he's a free agent at the end of the season. Well, see, Kane's in a great situation because he could go and try and play with a, a team right now, right? And then he's then he can go back to Chicago, right? You know, I think he should, but we'll see what happens. He's I think he wants if, to- if Chicago's willing to trade Flurry and Kane, I think they're in tear it down and build it up again. Well, why not? I mean, they, they might yeah. as well. They're not going to win anything for the next couple of years. You know, Kane and... run there. <laughs> yeah. Three Stanley Cups, a couple extra yep. finals there. I mean, you know, so if you... It depends on what you can get back. Obviously, Kane's going to bring back a good haul. He has to. But again, if he's only a rental player, then teams have to kind of be careful. But I just think right now, I think the an awesome place for Patrick Kane to be would be on the New York Rangers. To play with Panarin again. Zabanajad, Kreider. You know, you could give up Strom. You could give up Kako. You could give up Kedel. You could give up one of your defensive prospects. And you could even throw Georgiev in there, a goaltender. You know what I'm saying? I, I always, as I tell our good friend Pat, um, when the caps are out, I always root for the Rangers. Thank you. And I'd Thank love to see, if, if the caps go out, I'd love to see a Patrick Kane-led Rangers team. Look, they've had a, the they've been very lucky, the Rangers, this year because they really haven't had to deal with any major injuries to anybody, okay? And Panarin seems to start to be coming out of his, his bit of a slump. So everybody else, look out right now. Panarin gets hot. And this is when you want him to get hot right now. Zibanejad's right. consistent. Kreider's been playing great. Um, they've got a great defensive core with Foxy and Truba and Ke'Andre Miller and, and even uh, Lindgren, who's one of my favorite players. They've got toughness. They've got offense. Um, and they got a great coach there with Gallant. Even when they tailed off and, and looked a little lazy here in a couple of games, they swing it around. It's a long season. They're playing great. A couple of these guys have committed here a long time in New York. They're one of two pieces of the puzzle of the way. Like I said, for me, it's scary. Like, you talk about the Caps and their goaltending. If Shesterkin gets hurt, and he, he is prone to injury, he's played a lot this season. He's had a great season. 
But if he goes down, the Rangers are in a lot of trouble. So I think the Rangers do have to go out and get somebody to back him up. You know, because even though I like George of his kid, he's just not, he's not, um, he's it's just not the same guy. analysis. If you guys were to pick up Mark Andre Fleury, that's like the missing piece for you as well. I mean, you're, you're right. You're in the same boat. But Mark Andre's got a, yeah, but Mark Andre's got a, he's, does he, he's not going to get time. He's going to be an insurance policy. So does, does Mark want to be an insurance policy or does he want to go play and go for a run? I think the guy, he's good enough. I don't think he's coming to New York. I think he's going to. I can't tell you what they do in New York, but if he were here, I would put even money that that Laviolette would start in Game One of the playoffs. Flurry, I mean, not Vanek. I think, yeah, he has. I don't know know what they do in New York, but I think if he came here, he probably would start the playoffs until it turned out that he had no starting. Which nobody, I can't see. Yeah, it's just Sturkins. I mean, we laugh. Like, we went from Hank Lundquist to Igor Shesterkin. It's it's a, it's a crime. He's that It's good. like Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, right? It's yeah. just years and years of quality goaltending. I mean, you guys have always had good goaltending. All going on back to Richter. So well, we've had know, it's, he, it's, one of the best goaltenders for 15 years. We didn't have to worry about it. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah, yeah you're right. We had Richter and even Van Beesbrook before that, too. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then JD in the seventies and in the eighties, we Glenn Hanlon, Eddie Meal, and things kind of bopped around here a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I I would just uh, I, look. I, yeah, I'm dreaming here, but I'd love to see Patrick King come here, even if it's for a rental, because I think that would be a great run. Um, but the, that's that's the East, you know. And then you know, it's 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 Colorado and Calgary. You look at Vegas now; they're struggling. Mark Stone's out, even though with Eichel coming in, they haven't played well. And um, you know, LA kind of King is. Uh, they're they're hanging around. They got a very veteran team. You get the LA Kings in the playoffs, and John Quick, John the Quick stays healthy. That's a pretty good team you want to play against in a pretty weak Western Conference right now. Edmonton can't figure themselves out. Minnesota uh, playing great, but they're you know they're, they're in and out. You don't know which team you're going to get. They're running through some injuries, and then you got Vegas. And then who's going to show up at the end? Dallas, Vancouver. Um, you know, I saw Winnipeg last week uh, playing the Islanders, and they just weren't impressive at all, too. So that's basically the NHL. Look, we're all gonna. It's um, you know Monday. I think we're going to see a lot of moves. I think a lot of teams uh, got some tough decisions to make. Um, who's going to hold Pat? You know, you, you can see teams like, um, you know, Montreal here knowing that they've got to blow this team up and they're making these trades, and they might as well. And I think that's a smart way to go. Uh, I think Detroit next year. And we'll, we'll, we'll have an emergency podcast on Monday night for all the big trades. So stay tuned, everyone. Uh, okay, probably, that's not really, probably just some tweets. It's not really true. We'll probably mention it. One or two on Wednesday, but, uh. but anyway, the hockey's um pretty damn good. Get out there! I was uh, at the Islanders Jets game there the other day. Uh, really enjoying the UB, UBS 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 USB UBS Arena, brand new. It's kind love, of surreal here. Uh, that this I love the picture you tweeted out. Your son. Uh, he's uh look. I'm a diehard Ranger fan. My little guy's a diehard Islander fan, but I love it. But as a dad. It's great having this state-of-the-art arena, and they have a lot of fun. The Islander fan base, the Islander uh, atmosphere in the building is very kid-friendly, very family-friendly. It's a beautiful building. Uh, the Islanders are not going to make the playoffs this year, but um, they, that'll be interesting to watch them if they're going to be sellers here uh, as well. But I will say this one thing about the new arena. they got to fix this uh, parking thing because it's pretty scary um, getting out, escaping. But anyway, they'll work it all out. But other than that, Enjoy the hockey, folks. We'll get more into it here as uh, the trading deadline next week and see what happened and see how the teams are positioning. But it's some good stuff. Uh, Bruins are playing the, the Wild right now, Minnesota 2-2. 
Good games coming up. Anything else you want to jump in on as far as hockey? Hey, congratulations to Ovi, buddy. Putting him in the net. Yeah, he's number three. Yeah, man. So. Digging it. Yeah, former cap. I love when they say around here, he passed former cap, uh, Yarmar Yager. We'd like to forget the years that Yager was here. Although, his weighing down of the Capitals led to us drafting Ovi and Backstrom. And uh, and Green and a whole bunch of other players that well, not call Green didn't really work out here, but the core of the Capitals now came from you know a couple of years of just utter awful play on the on the ice. So although he was a sixty-eight million dollar you know flameout or whatever it was, it feels like sixty-eight million. Whatever he was paid, although he didn't work out, his his performance led to. You know, you know what? I will say this. I've also for Yarmer Yager. If it wasn't for Yager, we wouldn't have won the Stanley Cup in 2018. So I'll give him that. There you go. I love him when he plays for the Rangers. Former, man. He's a good guy. The safe, the safe former capital. To me, he'll always be a Penguin. I'll always see him, you know, with the mullet and the black and gold 68 jersey. What a lot um, they had. No. Those teams, it's kind of, and he's so, and he's still playing. And that those teams were like thirty years ago now. Those early '90s Penguins. Well, yeah, that what a team that was when they had Coffee and Francis and Lemieux and Yager and should have won three, but the Icelanders knocked them out. Yep. It's all over. All right, so let's move into the uh, NBA here a little bit before we wrap things up with the MLB. Yeah, you um, you, more Lakers talk, huh? Here. Lakers are they're twenty nine thirty nine. They're in ninth place in the West. They're they're Didn't clinging that to that play in game. Um, <laughs> as you said, LeBron's getting angry, but he has no one to blame but himself. Because I, I was just saying this to a, I have a student who loves the Lakers, even though he's not from California. Uh, but he loves LeBron actually, so he loves the Lakers. Uh, LeBron is the coach, the general manager, and probably the owner and star player of that team. So everything that, that he sees that's not working out. The guy he sees in the mirror every day is the one responsible. And if they had the only player that isn't ready for Ingleside, isn't ready for the retirement community, can't ever stay healthy. So this is what LeBron James wanted. He put this team together. He orchestrated the move to Los Angeles. He got his championship with a giant asterisk, and now it's all falling apart. And so who knows how much longer the LeBron James era will last in Lakerland. But if you're a Laker fan – Every day you wake up and say, just tear the whole thing down and start over again. And speaking of which, real quick, if I could just commend to you and to any basketball fan out there, the HBO series Winning Time, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Is it good? Yeah. It's very good. Um, John Riley. Great. Love John, one of my favorites. John C. John C. Riley from Step yeah, yeah. Brothers. Yep. Playing Jerry Buss. Fantastic. I mean, he's so good in everything, but he's really good in this. Um, the casting is good. The guy who plays Jerry West, um, spoiler alert. Well, not a spoiler alert, just as a warning, those of you that are big fans of Jerry West and you see him in all those commercials where he's shaking hands with kids and playing basketball. It looks like, you know, a friendly, uh, you know, friendly grandfatherly type. He's, uh, he's, he's the comic relief, um, because of how angry Jerry West is, and apparently that's the real Jerry West, um, the way you didn't see, you know, in the television ads. So I highly recommend it. But that's what. But that was a, about how the Lakers just stunk, and then rebuilt themselves. Of course, when you get Magic Johnson in the draft, you know, you're not going to go anywhere but up. 
Um, good portrayal of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as well. So I'll just leave it at that. And that's just in the first episode. Um, I think the third episode comes out Sunday. You know, HBO, they drop episodes every week instead of just dumping the whole thing on your head. So, as I said, the Lakers, they're in trouble. They're not going anywhere. Even if they sneak into the playoffs, they're not winning anything this year. And they need to, they need to say, look, this experiment failed. LeBron, thanks for the yucks. Um, either we're going to take over and put a team together that works and actually is a team and not just a collection of all-stars, no chemistry and can't play together or, you know, get out of town and we'll send you where you want to go. And thanks for the memories. Thanks for the Larry O'Brien trophy two years ago. Yeah, and it doesn't look like anybody's going to stop the Phoenix Suns this year anyway. So Yeah. And uh, one more thing. Uh, the Nets were fined $50,000 for allowing Kyrie Irving into their locker room last oh. Sunday because, you know, we, even though Kyrie Irving can sit in Madison Square Garden and watch Nick games, uh, he Nets can't games. actually go and he can sit in the Barclays Center and watch Nets games. He can't actually go on the court or in the locker room. But he did anyway. And the NBA find him. And look. 50 million, huh? 50,000, not 50 million. Oh, okay. It's as ridiculous ridiculous as it is for the mayor. Adams is his name, right? Is that the name? Mayor Adams of New York City? Yes. Mr. Mayor's name? Eric Adams, right? Is he the former cop? Yes, sir. Okay. Let's call him police officers. Excuse me. Former police officer. As ridiculous as it may be for him to have this policy that he can't. The unvaccinated can't, you know, he can't do his job is because he's unvaccinated. Agree or disagree, that's on you. But it's the rule. If there's a rule there, uh, you got to live with it. And until he rescinds that order, don't let Kyrie in your locker room. Now, I know it's $50,000. Who cares? To a team making up the billions. But still, come on. If the rule's there. You got to live with it. We may not like it, and I don't, but it's there. So quit your bitching and just comply with it. Just like, you know, I'm, as you said, they're going to get rid of it before baseball season really kicks in because it's one thing to have this rule indoors, but to have this rule for outdoor stadiums, 81 games. Yeah, it's going it's, it, to look, this is, this it's is going to go, go away. away. It's not going to, this is not going to be an issue here anymore. It's just, soon. if it wasn't Kyrie Irving, I'd be more angry, but because it's Kyrie Irving, I'm like, that's what you get. That's again, karma undefeated. Mother nature, father time, karma Always take those three. They're always favorites. Always lay the points <laughs> because they always they always win. You're not going to beat them. Karma's going to get you. I believe uh, somebody wrote a song. You know, or if they haven't, they should. About instant karma, just add water. I know it was John Lennon. Please get out of here. Mm-hmm. Get out of that shit. Yeah. So that's what's going on in basketball. Um, once again, once again, I will save the Golden State Warriors stuff until you know next season when nobody cares. Um, and that's it for basketball here. And we probably have a couple minutes to talk about me being right on the lockout ending. Although, look yes. at the time. Yikes. Yes, bravo to you if you want to throw in your little clapping hands thing. I mean, I, I wasn't, uh, you know. Yeah, you know of I course think they I were coming back, you know. I mean, this is not going to be an issue. I told you they weren't going to miss any games. Well, that they just I and mean, they're the, not. They're going to play a full season. Just the amount of money in baseball is just absolutely. But I've always said this here on the hot shows. I've always said this about baseball money. It's absolutely. I don't know. I don't know where they printed it when they had nobody in the stands. I mean, there's just. I think there's an underground money making machine strictly made for the major league baseball. Congrats to all the players. The trades have been great. You know, I'm not going to go with everyone here. 
I'm happy as a Yankee fan. Holland coming in here. Um, Freddie Freeman, obviously, is the, the big guy that's still out there. Olsen gets his big deal in Atlanta. I mean, you go all over the league, uh, just all these different players moving all over. But the money, the contracts, I can't say it was kind of, I'll say that as a fan, it was kind of cool because once the lockout ended and then it was just like this fire sale and all the trades, I mean, it was just, it, that, that's an exciting part of it, getting to see where all these guys are kind of mo- moving and shifting and the lineup's changing and everything else. And I, I'm just ecstatic to just to see them all down at spring training. I love the game. I love the transition of uh, winter into spring. Um, my love of baseball has really come back here in the last year or two, so I'm just happy they're playing. I don't care. It's not my money. It's not your money. I don't have season tickets to the Yankees or the Mets. I'm not spending all that money. I'm not buying all the beers and the pretzels and stuff. I am definitely looking at looking forward to getting back out to the ballpark. Uh, me and my music company, we work with a couple of the minor league teams out here. We're going to be going down to uh, Lakewood, New Jersey to, to do some stuff with the, the Blue Claws down there. We're doing some stuff with the Brooklyn Cyclones here at Coney Island this year. Um, I love the game. I love the minor league aspect. I love the local aspect of it. So in length, I'm just so happy baseball's back. I mean, look, it, it, I'm happy it's back too, but the game is is still hanging on by a thread in terms of well, they got rid of some of the stupid shit that we were pissed off about. Well, they got rid of they, although they are thinking about bringing the the runner starting on second base yeah. in extra innings again. But yeah, they I mean, look, the universal DH now is here, expanded playoffs, but ultimately nobody cared. You and I, people like you and I, we didn't care about all the the competitive balance tax or the arbitration pool or the international draft. They have a draft lottery now to prevent teams from tanking. None of this stuff Ultimately, this whole first of all, I would, don't call it a, a work stoppage. Don't lump it in with the other strikes. You know what this was? This was just it was gutless on both sides because really all they did was take a break from baseball operations. As I said many times, once the money stopped flowing in and you were face to face with no spring training and actually losing games for real and these fake deadlines and these fake threats of losing games, ultimately it meant nothing. Because they miraculously resolved all their issues. And what they miss? A few spring training games. This wasn't a work stoppage. You know what this was? I'm going to play you a clip from the movie What About Bob? Ah, one of my favorites. Okay. This was worker workers. This was players and owners saying, you know what? We need a break. We need, a, we need as Richard Dreyfus called it, a vacation from our problems. So this is... In a 45-second one-act play on management and labor and the whole purpose of this strike. What I can do is this. Don't give me pills. I already have pills. Uh, 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 This is not pills. Read it. It says, take a vacation from my problems. Giving you permission to take a vacation, Bob. Not a vacation from your work and not a vacation from your daily life, but a vacation from my problems. Exactly. Now, I want you to get on that bus and go back to New York. But every single time a problem arises, I want you to take that prescription out and follow it to the letter, doctor's orders. I'll see you in New York, in my office, in one month. And that's what baseball said. 
Let's just stop all the arguing. We'll just take a vacation. Once in a while, we'll have some negotiations. We'll stay up late with each other, watch some movies on Netflix, whatever. Come out of the hotel in the middle of the night, all sweaty and aggravated like we've been negotiating. But when when we finally have to actually do something, we'll all look heroic. We'll all come out arm in arm seeing kumbaya. Look at this agreement we came to. But really... Nobody was going to stop working. No one was going to stop making money. There are too many players that don't make $100 million a year that say, we want to work. And these issues really are kind of nothing burger issues. These aren't, this isn't a real impasse like we had in 94. Nothing was being threatened, really. These were ticky tack issues minimum salaries, competitive balance tax. Who gives a fuck? You know, it's just, it's just the, the, the relationship between. The players and Major League Baseball is so fractured and so contentious that small things become major things. And so you know what they said? They said, you know what? Let's take a vacation from our problems and come back right before it's too late, strike up the band, make a deal, play ball. So anybody that thought they weren't going to play a full 162 games was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Well said, Mr. Curie. Thank you. It's a great cereal, by the way. And if you like that, put a little whipped cream on top of your cocoa Ooh. puffs. It's delicious. Hold on. Uh, that sounds that sounds glorious. Oh, buddy, try it. Get down to your local grocer there. Box of cocoa puffs. Box of Miracle Whip. Yep. Or uh, Ready Whip. Don't get the don't get the Cool Whip. No. Bring it home. Have the cocoa puffs settle about you know three or four rows high on top of the milk. Okay. You take that whipped cream. Spray it on top. It'll make you feel uh, happy for about 20 minutes, and then you'll feel terrible for a couple of days for eating all And that. speaking of feeling terrible, let me just say to Oakland A's fans, as your team continues to sell off all of its best players, you're the A's. You always find a way to rise from the ashes and win a million games in a row. You'll flame out in the first round of the playoffs, but you're going to get back to the playoffs sooner than other teams because there's no team better at making chicken salad out of chicken shit than the Oakland A's. So you'll be all right. You are going to to be okay. Think they'll go to Vegas? God, I hope not. I mean, for the people of Oakland, I I certainly hope not. Yeah, there's something about the Oakland A's. They got to be there. It's part of baseball. It's just, it's just, there's so many, there's such great history there. But anyway, uh, look, more exciting baseball stuff to talk about once things start getting uh, going here. But uh, it's a lot of fun. Glad it's back and uh, all that good stuff. So, Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to wrap up this Happy St. Hancho show. And Purim. And Purim. <laughs> and Purim. It's Air of Purim, just like it's actually Purim started tonight. Uh, Paul asked me before the show if I had explained to people what Purim was, and I told him, don't ask, because quite frankly, it's it's one of the minor, not minor, it's one of the B-level holidays, and I'm not really quite sure. I know there's... Do you guys exchange speakers. gifts? No, there's noisemakers and humintosh involved and, and partying and being reckless and something about, you know, infidelity. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a fine story, but someone else can tell it to you. There you go. That's my, Rob some guys, some guy a long, long time ago in a dusty, sandy yep. patch of land said, this is what we're going to call it. And that was your Judaism minute. I'm <laughs> Rabbi Cuny. <laughs> All right, folks. It's time. It's time for the Dope of the Week. Dope of the Week. That's awesome, dude. That's right, everybody. Once again, the Gags Gang and I spent countless hours, even right before Purim and 
St. Patrick's Day. Each week in the basement of the Go Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner, and you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying gratitude and respect, help pilot the show by nominating your own Dope of the Week, please use the hashtag D-O-T-W on Twitter, and who will be, I'm sorry, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Go, Go Sports Media Co., you would think I might have done this once or twice before. <laughs> and who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week? No, it's not a member of the Washington Commander Skins this time. It's Desmond Howard, co-host of College Football Game Day on ESPN. Way to go, Desmond! Today's tale begins with that tried-and-true social media exercise, the symbolic gesture to show support for some global issue or crisis. In this case... It's the Ukrainian flag. Now, for those of you who are just returning from the moon, or God forbid, Uranus, Ukraine has been under siege for almost four weeks now since Russia invaded on February 24th. Everyone and their mother, except for my mother, who is not on social media, immediately expressed their support for Ukraine in the easiest way possible, incorporating the Ukrainian flag or its colors blue and yellow into their profile pictures or handles. Today's DOTW is not about that dopey practice, but rather it is about the dreaded unintended consequences of or the collateral damage from this kind of look-at-me virtue signaling. On March the 4th, Chris Fowler, the top play-by-play voice for ABC and ESPN's college football broadcasts, tweeted out a picture of a bridge in Memphis lit up in the yellow and blue of the Ukrainian flag. No words were included, just the picture. And most people who saw this tweet were able to noodle through that this image was a tribute to Ukraine. But obviously not everyone. The next morning, Desmond Howard tweeted the following in response. Go blue! (laughs) Yes, you heard that correctly. Howard's response to the city of Memphis showing its support for Ukraine was to exult as though he was on the sidelines at a Michigan-Ohio State game. For those not in the know, go blue was the rallying cry for the University of Michigan sports teams before every football game, home football game, I should say. The Wolverines run onto the field underneath a giant go blue banner. It is one of the most endearing traditions in college sports. Howard, who won the Heisman Trophy in 1991 while playing for the University of Michigan, is a very public figure. He is not only a Heisman Trophy winner, but he is a Super Bowl MVP and a regular on ESPN. He really should have someone run his social media accounts, or at least he should hire someone to read his tweets before sending them out into the Internet, which is still, at last check, open 24 hours a day (laughs) and seven days a week. I know that a football player who has made his bones in the grinder that is returning kicks and punts has taken a lot of shots to the dome, but come on, man. However, before we grill him like a tuna, I will admit that seeing a bridge lit up in your school colors can inspire a be-true-to-your-school type of response. Pause for dramatic effect. Now let the grilling begin. First... In the absence of any identification or affiliation with a particular school, one can reasonably assume it is a tweet with a purpose other than a call for school spirit. Two, it was in Memphis and not in Michigan. It is true that football players do not really attend classes, but I am pretty (laughs) sure they know the difference between Memphis and Michigan. And lastly, this was not a tweet about a sporting event. It was a bridge. Last time I checked, no one paints their face, removes their shirt, gets absolutely shit stinking drunk, and screams like a banshee for a bridge. It was not even a celebration of the university. Did I mention it was a bridge? (laughs) Now, it is understandable that Howard probably did not know the colors of the flag of Ukraine. Most people probably did not know the Ukrainian flag from Fanny Flag before the Russian invasion pushed the country to the front page of our lives. But the first thing you think of 
is your school's sports cheer? Is this some sort of Pavlovian response to the colors blue and yellow? You know, it's too bad that Blockbuster Video is no longer in business. Ooh. Howard would be the perfect spokesperson. It is okay to ask questions, Desmond. Almost any other tweet back to Fowler would have been acceptable. Even if you express confusion in your message to Fowler, it would not match the confusion we all felt in reading your Go Blue response. It is also not Howard's first public boo-boo. In uh, 2019, during a broadcast of College Football Game Day, Howard had this unfortunate exchange with host Reese Davis. Don't Michigan a make sign. a big enough splash to beat Ohio State this year? I know you've never been asked that question. Oh, uh, Reese Davis, I'm, is Desmond Howard going to have the Djokovic? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. ESPN is a Disney-owned property, and I am pretty sure, (laughs) I am pretty sure, excuse me, that language of that type is frowned upon in the Mouse House. Howard should know better, having already felt once the ramifications of a very public misstep. The allure, however, of the 280-character minefield we call Twitter was too much to resist, I guess. The tweet was, of course, deleted later that day, but luckily for us, the world may forgive your sins, but the internet never lets us forget. Uh, one last thing uh, before I go. Sorry. One last thing before I go. Would you like to know what franchise drafted this guy when he came out of the University of Michigan yes, in 1992? There can be only one guest, friendos. What team combines the best of misogyny and tone deafness in one shiny burgundy and gold package? That's right. The Washington Redskins. <laughs> So, Desmond Howard, for taking Juwan Howard, no relation, I hope, off the hook as the worst spokesperson for the University of Michigan Athletics, for making me reference Fanny Flagg and Ivan Pavlov in the same presentation, and for creating more awkward silences than a Lannister family Thanksgiving, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Des. Your certificate is in the mail. Way go, Des! Woo! Tough, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, the whole Disney thing was kind of funny there, and I couldn't, I, I didn't want to go there and make it any funnier because it's not, it's, you can't do that. No, you can't say it's on a Disney. Especially with all the princess movies that are involved, you know. I mean, it's just can't do that stuff. By the way, as a as a postscript, you know, he was referencing the great Wayne Brady line from the Dave Chappelle show. What does Wayne Brady have to choke a bitch? Wayne Brady actually went on Twitter and and thanked Desmond and. Oh. Pledged his full support for Desmond Howard, not realizing, of course, that everybody else is like, ah, in the Me Too era, and you work for Disney, and you're talking about, you know, choking a bitch. Uh, It just doesn't matter who you work for. It ain't right. You're not supposed to say that shit. But certainly not for the sainted Disney Corporation. But he still has a job, and everybody goes home a winner. You know, except for the people of Ukraine. So there you go. Good times. War sucks. By the way, he it, shockingly, after the Redskins traded up to make Desmond Howard the fourth pick in the draft, uh, he did absolutely squad douche for us. And a couple <laughs> years later, he was playing in another city. <laughs> and now, playing absolutely squad douche. That's right. And the hits keep coming for the Washington Redskins. <laughs> oh, man, it's your boy Snyder, man. He's cursed. So. Yep. Got to get rid of the guy and himself. What are you going to do, man? But uh, Another excellent DOTW. I uh, appreciate you. your... Uh, I mean, you put a lot of hard work into the honchos this year. I'm, you're making me feel bad over here. I mean, 
The, That's uh, my goal. The interesting bracket. <laughs> That's your goal to make me My feel goal bad. is to make you feel bad. <laughs> oh, man. I guess I'll have to do something. Maybe I can make an origami, a sports origami next week or something. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> All right, Mr. Cuny, we've got some drinking we have to do, so let's say goodbye to everybody. As always, we want to thank everybody uh, the Dean Blundell Network for having us a part of the uh, podcast network there. Make sure you check them out and support all the great shows that uh, are on that network. To all of you out there, our wonderful audience, for hanging out with us, following us, and all that other stuff. I have not called us any bad names yet, so we got a pretty good record here going for 54 episodes. So, good stuff. With that said, uh, yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuppin. Thank you so much. Going to sign off here. Uh, follow us everywhere at Sportanches. Send it over to Mr. Cuny. Say goodnight to everyone. All right, folks. You know the drill. Follow, listen, subscribe, rate, review, all those things. Say nice things. Give us a few stars here and there, a few fives, maybe a four, if you're not feeling quite as generous. Uh, we love you because we can't do this show unless there's actually people listening. So we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening every week or two weeks or whatever it is. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Remember, this week especially after Purim and St. Patrick's Day. You see Willie Mays out there, right? Emily, big hug, big kiss, maybe from a cup of green water from home to All right? Be nice and fun this weekend. Be safe. And as always, Oh! Your sports shows are out. Have a great time. Don't step on any leprechauns. We'll see you next week, folks. Have a great, safe weekend. Watch out, out, baby! Oh!